What? No, it's the boys are back in town. Oh. John The X-Men are back in town, though. We are back in town. Welcome, everybody, to the Broken Campfire podcast. Not quite the first podcast of 2023, I think, but definitely the second. We have been away for a month. And boy, am I so happy to be back here in the studio. There's quite a bit of dust around. I, I thought Floss was going to come in and clean things up, but he didn't. That's okay. We've all been busy. It's um, disgusting in here. It, it's really not good. It's I've not been living recording here. Environment. I don't even want to breathe. Oh, it's I very can... mildewy. I do not uh, like it. Ignore the cops. Here at the Broken Campfire podcast, we are consummate professionals. And, you know... We will, we will find a way to to uh, continue on in this messy room to deliver you guys what you've come to know and expect, and to that's stand. round tables from each of the five hosts. That's me, Andy, John, Flask, Greg, and Vito, uh, and some updates on the news. It's been quite a bit in the last month, I think. No, no, it's been okay. it's been a yes. It's been a fruit a fruitful month. Maybe it's been a crazy month. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Hey, and as you listen to us rattle on about what we've been busy with or haven't been busy with over the last month, I want y'all, the listeners, I mean, to be thinking about what have you been doing in 2023 so far, and maybe send us a message either on the Twitter at Broken Campfire or the Gmail Broken Campfire Gmail dot com, and uh, you know. Share share your life a little bit, just like we do for you guys, thanklessly, without making any money, every fucking week or so. How did your New Year's resolution better. to play Heavenly Sword on the PlayStation 3 go? Tell us. Oh, thank God he's not asking me. Uh, it did not go well. Oh, it's too bad. Uh, though I did have that resolution. I know. Uh, anyway. Vito. Yes. Why don't you bring us back from the cold, lonely dark of the hiatus into a round table of sorts? I think you're familiar with the concept. Uh, yeah, I have vague recollection. Just wing it. Um, I beat Elden Ring. Anybody verify that? So do we doubt we doubt this, right? This news story? Uh, you guys I watched it. You, you all cheated. watched it. In fact, there was like 10 of you guys watching me do it. I <laughs> you've seen it. I did see it. Some of you were, were cheering. And so, I, I, know, I know I know. John was... John had my back. He doesn't even like that game, and he was supporting me. He wanted me to beat that game, so he was... He was just cheering me on, and some of you guys were jeering. I don't. I don't think I heard any jeers. Yeah. I think I, I heard think most Andy of was rooting against I mean, me. We were on your jeers. side. I think Loudly. there were some maybe internalized jeers, uh, but there definitely there were some jeers. Some some casual jeering happening. I said, "Good game. job!" Every time you beat a boss, Vito, you know it. Right. No, you, you would not. Maybe some of the you, ways you, you said would. it was weird that you like threw up <laughs> while you were saying it. Like, good job, Vito. <laughs> good fucking job. Good job, I, loser. Look, I know that Vito, like any hero, is the brightest he needed when the he's hero facing turning. adversity. You know what I mean? Does, like, does better when he's dying. Horribly. D- does any hero 
like just get constant support, no adversity, and people like them at the end. No, that's how you turn into like a rich billionaire. That's you know a good I mean? point. Nobody likes billionaires. So yeah, I, I beat it. I think it was like 130 hours or something like that at like level 130 something. Um, that's how I remember those numbers. Hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was cool. It was a game. Um, I definitely like the my the back half of that game. I was like, this game's way too fucking long for me personally. I respect. Well, it. you did play it over a year, but re- well, regardless, like that many hours put into one video game, like I just can't. I can only do that so many times in my life. So now that I did that, um, that's it. That that took that. So if another game comes out like this year, that's that long. I I can't I can't play it. Well, let me say you on a spicy take um path i don't know how i was gonna word that uh you also played all the way through the witcher 3 which is another one of those games so Mm, uh, witcher 3 what 60 hours or something Uh, no you're you're insane witcher 3 is 100 plus hours well well, it really depends i think if you only did main story stuff you probably do that oh you're right dude i have 167 hours if you're like a psychopath if you only do main Story stuff. Yeah, like. I was also a younger lad then. Like I had more more patience for yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I don't have that many hours in my life to play games. So playing something that long, it ends up being that I'm playing like two, maybe three hours, um, a couple of nights a week. So think about how long it might take me to get through a game that long. I'm just it. it, it I'm not. I think that's the, the main factor. It. It's really cool. Yeah. It's just me personally in my life. But I, I everyone develops it. It differently. Game. You know their gaming habits. Yeah, I really just like a game that's short and sweet. Give me a game that's like under twenty hours. That's a that's a good end. Like uh, Case of the Golden Idol. Oh, have you played Paradigm yet? No, nah, that's a I will never. Play you haven't it. played. You haven't played it. Okay, so that's a short uh, one. Really good. And... Yeah, it's a short, fun game. That's crazy. Greg's played that game. It, it it blows my mind every time. I'll play it when you play The Last of Us Two. We'll just forever be at the stalemate where nobody, nobody plays anything. Just holding guns on each other. Yeah. I'll pull the trigger one day and you'll be dead. Are we still talking about the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we, I played a Case of the Golden Idol. Um, I don't really know. I kind of just stumbled on this, I think, on the Steam page. And um, people were comparing it heavily to Oberdin, which I loved. Heavily. Which was a... Which was a flask recommendation for me. I really did love Oberdin. Like that that that's in in whatever top, you know, number of uh my favorite game. Yeah, that's gotta be like top um, five games of the decade that it came Oberdin-din. out. Oberdindin. Right. You're agreeing you're being sarcastic? You really mean it. Me? I'm being uh, yeah, yeah, I'm being uh Yeah. No, I'm not being sarcastic. Sorry. I am not yeah. being sarcastic. No, I, I, I really I agree. Really I, enjoyed that, that game, game just it had, it, it was a really cool uh, gameplay game. conceit, and the vibe was just right, like that that very unique graphic style, um, the audio design, just a lot of memorable little you know dialogues and stuff. That game just just had it all. Um, the little sound when like you use your stopwatch to enter, you know, a scene that's like stuck with me mm-hmm. um make this sound i'm just kidding yeah. 
was, yeah. it, it was just a really great game. And, and so when I saw that they were comparing this game, Case of the Golden Idol to Oberdin, you know, high, high expectations. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you, I, I really appreciate you bringing it up because that gave us a chance to play it. But like, it's only after you brought it up and then we played it that I started seeing people talking about it like more in general. So you were Golden Idol. You were like right on top of it. I'm a little bit I of a trendsetter. Yeah. yeah, a bit of yeah. a trendsetter. Yeah. It's weird because I didn't really, I don't talk to anybody other than you guys, but I'm sure it nah, just yeah. got around somehow. People um, seeing you playing it. <clears throat> yeah. You know I mean, they probably check, uh, our fans probably check your, you know, played games on Steam. Played games, yeah. They saw that I had uh, like 30 hours in. in <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it took you a little longer to beat most people. It did not. I fucking, I like gauntleted, I, I went so fast through this game. Uh, and then and, just decided to uh, leave it open. For and I left, it, <laughs> I left it on overnight. Yeah, I think um, mine was like 5.5 hours. I think my playthrough. That sounds about right. I, I don't really know how long. I tried to see if there was like a save game time. It didn't seem like there was. Um, but this game is fucking sick. And it is like Oberdin. It's like very, very, very similar. Uh, obviously, the, the detective gameplay where you're filling in blanks using like a, a word bank um that's kind of very oberdinish this is a little different because it's broken down into chapters which i liked because i got to sit down it took me a few nights to beat it because i would sit down and just beat like two chapters and then i could put the game down oberdin you know it kind of had i mean you would, you would enter a scene but sometimes you couldn't solve you know certain mysteries in that scene until you had seen other scenes. You know what mm. I mean? There's a lot of overlap. and There's overall, a lot to be seen. There's a lot to be seen. And overall, you're solving one big, you know, the, the manifest, the ship's manifest. Um, this game, you're solving like little mysteries. But and for oh, people yeah. who are, don't have... No way you're solving a big one. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, the, there's a narrative that... There's a, yeah, there's an overarching narrative. But um, for the most part, I mean, pretty much the whole way through, you're not really expected to need, you don't, you don't need any information from a previous um, scenario until like the one, that one scenario, but it lets you, you know, jump between chapters. And then throughout the game though, I found that because I was paying close attention to the narrative, a lot of um, the scenes were, were much easier to solve. So it's not that it won't help you. Um, I think we should like necessary say what this game plays like it's it's so if you haven't ever played Oberdin or uh, don't know what we're talking about at all it's a series of chapters like Vito said where you are looking at a 2d scene so unlike Oberdin it is 2d um, like a pastiche like or a a past whatever Um, not a pastiche Uh, uh, pastry yeah pastry you're looking at a pastry a 2d pastry of something happening you're like capturing the moment of some um, somebody dying, one person in the scene is dying or is dead, rather, um, and you are There's determining essentially how death, they died, um, how they were murdered. But you're basically mad libbing it, so you're entering in uh, words that you gather throughout the scene by clicking on stuff and interacting with things and yeah, you, uh, trying you, to fill you, in you the accumulate blanks. Accumulate words to use, and as the game goes along, it gets more and more complicated with how many blanks you have to fill in until you're basically filling in like uh everything but and and the and a <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're basically yeah, like constructing those... an entire par- paragraphs right. of uh the game helps you out a little bit though like like uh certain words 
like verbs or you know special nouns and that kind of thing are colored differently. Yes. So like there's there's subtle clues and of course context clues. So you're never totally lost, but yeah. Right. Um yeah, this the, like the first case is super easy. You have to fill in like two things. That's it. And then the last case is like or, or the last couple of cases get pretty complicated. Um I like also exploring yeah. like multiple space. It's not just like one room. It might be like a whole house or like a map with different locations. Compared but it never, to say an over... Oh, go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say, like, one of the cool things about just jumping into a scenario is when you get towards the latter half of the game, you jump in and you're immediately, like, overwhelmed because it just seems... Each case uh, towards the end of the game just seems very complicated and you're like, where the fuck do I start? But, like, they, they very quickly start coming together. Um, I, I found them like to be very intuitive and soon you kind of know where to look and, and the pieces start coming together. You know? you know, what's funny. I felt overwhelmed more in the first half of the game because I felt sort of thrown in the deep end of like, okay, what's going on? Who are the characters? What are they doing? Where am I? You know, yeah. like what's the situation? Second half of the game, what I started to really appreciate, um, was that it like, because of the time jumps, you are, f- characters are like coming in and out of the, the narrative. Their roles are like waning and waxing in the in relevancy, um, and and uh, your settings or you're visiting some settings sometimes. Um, so I started to like sort of understand the 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 setups more in the second half. Right. Started to understand like okay, these characters are now here, uh, and this is their dynamic, right? Because I you were saw the story. There's a story, and you kind of yeah. Yeah, you use that information to to help. Yeah, I I, I definitely felt the same way. Um. And uh, like the art style and the music have sort of this off kilter, like rough style to them that kind of makes the whole uh, presentation sort of sort of unique. Oddly, it reminded me of Hotline Miami visually. Yeah, yeah, mm. totally, totally. Like eighteenth century Hotline Miami. Yeah. Uh, so shit, like the masks and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Towards the end, you know. And by the way, so I was, I was just gonna say that combined with the, the 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 sort of often blunt dialogue sort of gives it this strange tone, sort of like Hotline Miami, that I think works in its favor. Like I, I feel like if it was slicker, but not more clever, perhaps like it would lose some of its. It has a certain charm to it. It's kind of rough. That's and a strange. great comparison that I didn't think of. Um, um, I love the the art style and the the music. There's some like jams in some of these scenarios yeah yeah you can actually buy the soundtrack to this which i thought was weird when i like downloaded the game i was like really and then i started playing it. i was like oh no i i get it i agree with everything you guys have said now let me let me air out my bag of grievances okay first of all a little easy solved in my first probably 30 seconds of looking at the screen Uh, all right thank you john that was grievance number one um no really though uh, I, I like it a lot. I think that um, the comparison to Oberdin is certainly uh, true and accurate. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I think Oberdin is still the GOAT. Oh, yeah. Um, there are some, and I say this, I completely agree with everything you guys have said. There are some things about the ad lib formula that I felt worked against some of the fun of one of these games for me. Like it was almost, if you read the context well enough, uh, giving me too much information, you know, 
Uh, and it was easy to... Um, it's also a game that I think, compared to, like, say, an Overdone, is a lot easier to just game by, like, putting in, mm-hmm. you know, keywords that you think might be right. Uh, Overdone has ways to help you confirm your answers, but um, this game uh, has more and more. <clears throat> this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know... Yeah, Overdone uh, has a harder... I hate... Or stricter I hate moments, way to confirm your answers than this game. I hate moments where I feel guided in a game like this when I didn't feel like I needed that guidance. You know what I mean? When like I'm perfectly fine. Like maybe, maybe without any of that guidance, it would have taken me another hour on each puzzle to solve it. I'm okay with that. Sure. You know what I mean, so I, you, I'm just saying maybe, but you know, you're saying you'd rather have that the scroll be more vague. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but that would also mean changing some of the way the game the information is delivered and structured, you know what I mean, to um to give you the lost value that they put into that context instead. Yeah. It, I, it's kind of a nitpicky complaint. It's just there were moments where uh I remembered I was playing a video game versus being t- fully immersed in that world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Sorry, think that, No, yeah, that ties that into sense, yeah. an adjacent thought, which is like <laughs> the logic of Oberdin I felt was more organic than this game's uh the golden idols i completely agree yeah. uh like if in golden idol it's like if this is true and this is true then this must be true so you're sort of solving an equation more than like coming to conclusions based on detective work like like organic yeah uh investigation um which i i do appreciate the kind of Oberdin organic nature more having to uh, eliminate possibilities and such so some of the right. levels just feel like you're kind of Solving, as I said, solving an equation, doing work, something like that. I think what both you guys have said is like objectively like right. Um, my personal experience, <clears throat> I feel like I had a really, really smooth experience where I, I for, somehow from the get go, I kind of like established a strategy. Uh, like I, I think I saw what Andy was saying, where I was like, okay, the you could just read hard into the the scroll and that might <laughs> help you a little scroll. too much you know yeah so I, I somehow really early on i just decided like i'm not even i don't even look at that scroll until i actually think i know what's happening in the scene and i felt like i traveled the path that like the devs kind of intended like i felt like i i I picked up on clues in the scene and figured out what was happening. And then I would go to the scroll and I would just fill it in and, and get it like on the first try. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like that was like my choice to do that. And I was kind of, I guess, stepping around the, the confines of the game. So I get yeah, that's imposing saying. that on yourself a bit. Yeah. I was impo- it was something I imposed on myself for fun because I knew I would have less fun if I use the scroll, if if I just looked at the scroll at all, really, because yeah, it does. You know, I don't think it makes the game easy. I think it's still difficult, but um, I, I agree. Definitely I hold your hand, hold your hand a little bit. I agree, and I disagree with that sentiment. Like, I definitely more often than not would run through a scene before I looked at the scroll, but at the same time, like, you know, I think without that scroll. You only pick up on certain things the game is looking for. Like, what is a solve here? Like, because I, mm-hmm. I can know who is the murderer 
as soon as the scene starts, just from context of the story. Like, oh yeah, okay, that guy's dead, that guy's the murderer. And then I can look around and like maybe see like, okay, this this person has a a love potion that looks suspicious and like find some notes. But it's like, what is the full picture I'm supposed to be putting together? Because there's a lot of like useless information in the game too. You know what I mean? Yes. Things that you read that, that there's have a lot of red hair no bearing other other to give you a keyword. And like, yeah, every case is a red herring that has some subversion by the end. Um, I feel like I stumbled like on the perfect path because I think early on. I saw that there was a red herring in a case. And then every scenario after that, I just treat it as, okay, every scenario is going to have a red herring. So like the most <laughs> obvious answer that would like that appeared, I would say, well, that's not it. That can't be it. Or I'd be like playing with my girlfriend and she would say like, oh, well, that's this guy. And I'd be like, but how do we like know that that's that guy? Like we know we've played this previous scenarios. We know you don't know anything really circumstantial evidence like confirmed my dear. it you know what i mean yeah um well that is, that is one thing is that you were you played it with two minds for one there the whole for time, sure so. yeah yeah for sure and she definitely was helpful and it was a great game to play with somebody else too um i would definitely i'd recommend like i don't know if you have a friend that like you guys could just sit down and play it with i thought i thought it was a really fun way to do i don't it. have any of those um but yeah you're right i did i did have two minds working on uh, but, um, did you guys like have a system for what or in what order you kind of solved the problems it was presenting to you or the questions? Because yeah, I feel I, like I, I always, always did identities. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did the small Identity stuff first. first before the bigger. It's like if you can Mad figure Lynch out who scroll. everybody is, then that's that's yeah. the most important step. Because that's information. Figure out motives. I also felt like that that tickled my completionist nature class because I did the mm -hmm. same thing. Like I made it a rule. As much as well, yeah, I would say pretty much the whole game. I would fill out the ancillary, the smaller scrolls to help you build up to the big scroll, even if I felt like I knew most of the big scroll. For sure. Yeah, I think it's, I, yeah, again, that's what I mean by like when I say like the, the way that the developer intended, because I felt like if you can fill out those, uh, what's the word, ancillary, uh, those, whatever, those other, um, charts, not the main scroll, mm -hmm. like they will lead you to the scroll. You know what I mean? You won't skip any, you won't miss anything. You won't skip a step if you just do the identities and then the, the other uh, charts. Like you're not going to skip over an important piece of information. It will lead you right. pretty much right to the scroll. Then you just kind of need to think. You just need to put your thinking cap on and think, you know, sit in the thinking the chair here. and do the blues clues. Um, yeah. And I, I just felt like that was a mindset that was was very helpful in playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, for sure. It's a cool game. Yeah, it was a good game. Paradigm. <laughs> yeah, Paradigm. <laughs> that the was Casey Casey Golden Golden Idol Idol. by oh. Color Gray right. Games. I would who are a with my, uh, where are they from again? Where are they from? Yeah, they're. Oh, uh, grievance number two. No, I want to know. Uh, there was a case that I wasn't a huge fan of. It's Which only one that? case. We talked about it. The uh, well, spoilers. Spoilers for the case of the golden idol until twenty seven fifty one. Um, the one in the manor where you go out, where you have to like go outside and stuff. I I, I was oh. fine with that case until I knew the answer. I was not. I, I think I missed something early on, to be fair, but, like, 
I was not really thrilled with the whole side plot of the Lemurian uh, drugging that one guy. Mm, yeah. Um, and how that ended up being the central mystery I had to solve because I figured everything else out really quickly. That that was kind of annoying to me. Um, I would say it, it, I totally it, get that. And and mo- and mostly because like I would be fine with that if I just felt like I totally missed a big part of the narrative. But that Lemurian shit doesn't matter before or after that case at all. Like it has it places I can't place it in the context of the greater narrative in the same way that I can all the other mysteries you have to solve. It felt well, a little like. Uh, you know they they do a red airing every case. That one felt a little. I'm, I'm hesitating to call it cheap, but like not as it didn't feel as good as the other ones felt. I mean, you just said I I, I was gonna say it. to me I didn't even think twice about it. Every case had a red herring, and for me that was just like another another red herring. Um, I think the difference there though is that, uh, like Andy's saying, it is a necessary component of solving the entire case. Unlike a lot of the other red herrings, which are just misleads. I don't really see it's any different than like that. That case, basically, you're trying to find out find out who killed the guy in the library, and the the most obvious um, suspect right away is the Lemurian. Um, so it's the same thing as like let's say the case, but he didn't do it, play- right? But it's the same as like the case in the manor. Uh, sorry, the Little Mermaid. Where your first instinct is that Robert Redford, or whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> the actor, dude, Robert Robert Redruth, uh, the convict, is the yeah. murderer because he's a convict, like you know, and, and he's near the scene of the crime. Like I don't see the difference. Well, that's your two. own body. Well, you don't you don't need to go because you don't need to solve in that same case that the convict actually did drug a different guy, but it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Yeah, like that is the difference, you know, like because like the red airing is involved in a crime that you have to solve. It's just that crime doesn't actually matter in the context of it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It it is a little bit different. You do have to solve. It's part of the big scroll. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah, no, that's a good point. I, 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 just my personal experience, it didn't seem to matter at all. Yeah, you got the true ending. You're, you are right, but um. We did get the shirt. Oh, no, and just know, before John. we stop talking about this game, the the story in this game was sick, right? Like it actually had yeah, a really yeah. cool overarching narrative. I liked how it um built up into a like it was like a weird magical thing at first, and then it it was still a magical thing by the end. But it was telling like a story of a political revolution. Yeah, um, I thought that was really cool. I, I like how it chap. Sorry, you just you don't think it's going into alt history until it is, and then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it caused like an alternate history to happen. Yeah, yeah. every chapter unveil like I I didn't really predict the story at any point. Um, like every ch- new chapter where I jumped into a scene, I would be like, like it was it was crazy. Like I I was like, wow, this is cool. I did not expect the story to be heading in this direction. Um, like the first time I saw the magic with the idol. Um, and then the fucking cult and then, you know, the new order where he's taking gears off of people's lives as, you know, a, a demeriting people. Um, really cool shit. That was cool. It was a cool payoff for sure. Yeah. Um, highly recommend that game. That's like that game did not come out this year, <laughs> but I played it this year and that that would be like my game of the year so far. But um, 
It's the only game you play this year. Alas. Um. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, we're still on May. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we are. What did I do? I beat Case of the Golden Isle. Beat Elden Ring. Me and John uh, finally beat Cuphead DLC. That was cool. Oh, you did? Um. Yeah, we did. We thought originally we thought we were like at the end, and, and uh, no, we no, 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 no. Well, we did, but we had two different thinkings. I knew that that was the final boss because I had gotten to it in my single player game. I thought that's the boss we were on. I didn't know we still had to deal with Frozo. Yeah, but you yeah. thought that Frozo was the last boss because because of what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Okay. We both thought we were on the last boss, but we were talking about different bosses. But yeah, we we got on. And we fucking whooped them up. Yeah, first I mean, try, both bosses. It was I mean, first try, nice and clean. you know, uh, first first uh, day, you know, we didn't have to come back or anything, sweep up. You know, we just went in there, we kicked some ass. Yeah. Um. So that was cool. Great DLC. Good DLC, good final boss. A lot of crazy <clears throat> stuff. A lot, yeah. lot of man, a lot of stuff happening on screen. But once you get it, you get it. You know. Yep. Um, and then I guess finally. I started a playthrough of The Last of Us uh, 1. Um, Who gives a shit? <laughs> Alright, well, I guess that's it then. To uh, coincide nice. specifically with the uh, <laughs> viewing. John doesn't, give, John doesn't give a shit, so... <laughs> no, 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 no. So you're re- are, now, are you playing the original, original Last of Us, or are you playing the remaster, remake, whatever the fuck This is the, the PlayStation 4 remaster. Okay. Um... Which I think is the only version I played of The Last of Us. So wait, it's the remaster, but not The Last of Us Part 1, which came out recently? No. Okay. No, it's, not the re- it's not the like the remake. It's just the old, the old remaster. Gotcha. Um, when they brought Vito it. Vito doesn't even want to talk about this game. I know why he's bringing this up. I don't even know why. I, I, I mean, I, I started the playthrough because uh, me and my girlfriend are watching the show. Mm-hmm. And so she's watching me do the, the playthrough of this game. Um, and I just wanted to play it alongside the show. I mean, it's a great game. I, I played it. I think I played it twice before. So this will be my third playthrough. Um, which does she enjoy more? Which? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to grill her about it, but I, I want to say the show just because it's a show. You know what I mean? Like I get more enjoyment because I'm playing the game. And mm. if you played segments. better, she would enjoy it more. <laughs> you did more sweeping camera angles. Have you tried that? No, no, I should. Yeah, I should try more sweeping. Yeah, I should really try to just sweep play with better. that joy. Do it like one of those. Um, more yeah. cinematic. I got to play it like it's an E3. Uh, exactly. Demo. An E3 presentation yeah. demonstration. <laughs> Yeah, I should stop uh, getting killed by that fucking first clicker uh, 30 times. <laughs> it probably ruins <laughs> the experience it, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing through the game and watching the show at the same time. Do we want to talk about the show a little bit? Um, uh, we can. I've... I've been watching it. I've been watching it. I mean, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's pretty sick. It's a, it's a very close adaptation to the game. It's something like you don't see often it's it's i think it's super well done honestly i don't really have too many complaints i i told you guys that i think like every important beat in the in the story i think is better in the game um but 
I don't think they're it's bad in the show. I think just you know, I, it also it's, the first time I experienced the story was in the game, so maybe that's where my bias is. But I just think that like certain small lines of dialogue that really punctuated scenes are in the game and then maybe not in the show, even mm-hmm. though the show literally rips dialogue directly from the game, which I think is really cool. I disagree. And I feel like we could talk about it for far too long. So I we propose could. a know, separate I... last of us podcast, okay. not every week, but maybe like, well, it's only six episodes. Oh. Right? They already halfway <laughs> through the season. I thought, oh, yeah, I think so. I thought I you meant, same. Like me and you have separate Last of Us podcasts. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, maybe I will. I'll moderate. I'll be. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're already halfway through the season. I have not seen episode three yet. Um, but I do have a lot. I feel like I have a lot I could see. Oh damn! It. You didn't see it. I it deviates the most. Well, I heard so it's far, the greatest episode of TV that's ever been made. It's a good ever. show. And I believe is it. everyone memeing about that because it's a good episode of television, but it's not. You know, no, okay. It's not like uh, the only I know, well, we're in February. We're <laughs> okay. in the first week of February, so it's not like saying that much. Well, no, there, there was know, just I, an article. I don't know if we want to get into the context. Okay, well, no, 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 there was just fine. an article that's... that somebody had posted saying that it, it may be the best episode of. I can't remember if the article said early contender ever. Or of 2023. Either I thought way, it said 2023. I, I might so. have said 20. Either way, it's a funny thing. I, I posted a couple of articles. One said one, the other said the other. Oh, okay. Either way, it's a funny thing to claim. One because it's only February, and two because it's like, all right, it just came out. Like, relax and give it some time to sit, and maybe, maybe you can judge it like as the greatest of all time. But yeah. I have well, heard. I mean, I've heard it's really good though. But it is a very good episode. I don't really have. Yeah. I like that. Any complaints? Well, everybody's about it. seen it. All right. Yeah. I'm behind. You're the only guy. Yeah. I'm not. I won't. I, won't. I, I think Knoxville's the only one who didn't like it. It sounds like then. <laughs> I I I had. Uh, damn. He doesn't have feelings. So right on the spot. What's that flask? He's a really experienced emotion. So. Uh, yeah. I just want you to know that's not true, and me and Knoxville have bonded deeply over that episode. <laughs> right. His personal bond. Oh, yeah. but in like a really. Yeah, they, awful way like a gross way uh i guess i um, privately enjoy the episode i uh I, I guess i won't go into like details details john hasn't seen it but i i thought the episode was it's good it's obviously different way different from the story in the game um, i just now, to, does just this diverge? Do you still think it was better in the game? I really like all the past. Though. I think I think the story is better in in the game. Yeah, but it's also hard to say because wow. it's like it's different. It, you're the the TV show expands on a very very small story. Yeah, they're know, almost like more than the game. Will, yeah, like the, you almost can't compare them. Like the video game couldn't do that. It, well, I you know? agree. That is part of my argument. Or I mean, not argument. This episode talk about it way long. It's like just hour, the medium of the two is like you, yeah. you couldn't possibly do the same things. But what I'm looking out for is, um, well, John, you know the episode's about Bill, right? That's not a spoiler, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, uh, I know the gist of the episode. I just haven't. Bill, seen Bill is like a beloved character. He's Bill, probably Bill, my Bill, favorite Bill, like Bill, side Bill. character in Last of Us. That's yeah, crazy. I don't even remember who this is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's the dude uh, that helps. He's you the get dude. The he, yeah, he's got the. Tra- I vaguely yeah. remember somebody helping you push like a pick. He's got like. A, yeah, it's him. Yeah, that's the guy. Long hair. He's Nick yeah, Offerman yeah. in, in the show. But I didn't remember like job. liking him. I thought he was just cool. I thought his story was really cool. Um, 
Yeah, don't you? Well, that's the thing. Don't you find most of the story through like uh, like notes or something? Notes like, and stuff around the map. Yeah. Also, gotcha, and okay. also I, I'm, just I'm memory jogging. I'm remembering. Just dialogue. It. He's got a great you know intro cutscene and dialogue. Him was just let's get on with it then. It's not. Oh, do we the, get? Do we get some more uh, before the infection? Yes, you do, dude. You, yeah, you get. Okay, you get the right. whole. T I'm telling you. I like that's it. the best that's part the best about this show, really man. That stuff is I like cool. it. I don't want him to tell me every, you know, down to the detail, but I just. But I little stories cool here and there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's not it. a before the infection story. Though, oh, it's right. as it's during it. Happening. Yeah, it's it's yeah. go. It's basically yeah. during the twenty years. Right. You, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Well, just you know, because of the you know the the first episode or where I guess the second one is. It's, it's kind of before it hit. I mean, I guess it's it's bubbling. That lady's like, all right, the only thing you can do is blow up the city. But like, you know, it hasn't gone off yet. The things I'm looking out for when I'm watching that that show is like, did they treat my character that I really like? Did, it, did they, is he as cool in the show as it is in the game? And and is the story as important as it is in the, in the game? Like, I feel like the story they told in the show was a good story, but it was a very easy story to tell. And the story in the game with Bill is a more interesting and complex story. You get what I'm saying? Also way Class. more ambiguous. Y yes. So making that story that's in the game into a television show might be a little hard because you're filling in a lot of blanks that maybe the developers didn't even think of. I don't know. But... um. It's funny. I see the Bill storyline as like in the game and the show, they're like alternate timelines uh, predicated yeah. or or the axis is on like one decision or one like attitude adjustment. And then it like changes the way events progress. And I see the game as being like a little bit more realistic and the show as being like what you said, a little more obvious, like a little bit more tale. easy. Um, but they, they make you story. feel different ways. They have different... Um, intense for the audience you know and like it's not like one is better than the other but if i'm experiencing this type of story i guess i expect to kind of revel in the cynicism of the game's version of events um that's kind yeah. of like what the entire game feels like whereas i feel yeah. like the show is going for a slightly different tone which is funny because everybody talked about john do you care about spoilers for this no not really Everyone's talking about how so spoilers for the show um, and the game, whatever. Spoilers for The Last of Us game and show until 4413. Everyone's talking about how sad the episode is. And like, are they? You know, I keep hearing about people talking about how happy it is compared to the game. In my, my circle, I know like a couple of friends watched it and they were talking about how they were like sobbing. Um, you know, my girlfriend was sad when she was watching it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sad, but. The, the story in the game is actually way sadder. Oh, it's yeah. just not expounded on like the because it's not an hour, 10 minute television show. But the story is way more depressing in the game. Well, it's what's a the fucking, story in the game. I mean, I remember, like I said, I remember you find some Bill, notes or something. You, you, you meet Bill and Bill at some point had a partner named Frank and they had some sort of falling out to the point where they almost have like a comical hate for each other. Right, they, I, like they, I said, I, I yeah, vaguely remember that. Okay, there's just like notes back and forth, like "fuck That's you," right, yeah, "fuck that most, guy," the, the notes, and then eventually you. So basically, you find out that they split somehow. And Frank is somewhere else. Frank left and Bill. He also stole the car battery that you're looking for, and then eventually you walk into like a house, and it must be where Frank was staying, and he hung himself because he got infected. 
And that's the first time you see Frank and Bill is kind of like, he has like, you know, he's sadness in his eyes, but I think he, he ends up saying like, like got what he fucking deserved or something like that. And that, you know, like it's, it's a complex story because you know that they love each other. That was his, you know, his partner. Yeah. He also but, talks about like, he wait, no what? longer has anyone to protect. Um, so there was clearly some aspect of like what, what the show expands upon more and then goes into more with like the happy version of events where they were actually together for longer, you know? Um, right. So it's it yeah, as so, you're saying it's complicated, but it's under. He has this antagonistic relationship with this past lover, but you could tell that these guys love each other still. So but whatever happened between them, they, you know, was was irreparable. And it, it ends in tragedy. And Bill is alive and by himself, and he lives this life of this ultra survivalist, and he has nobody. And he's mean. And he refuses friendship. You know, he's, he's not really, he doesn't care about Joel really or anybody. He hates Ellie. He hates kids. Um, in the show, it's kind of, he's kind of a different character. And it's a flashback, basically, of how he meets Bill, or sorry, Frank. And it, basically, the whole episode is just them living in, in happiness together. In this, like, wonderful life that zero people in this zombie apocalypse will ever like their lives will be so much more miserable than this <laughs> they have a house they're making like five star meals um like they have everything they need it's beautiful and then frank um gets some sort of cancer maybe or something like that or something some illness and they they kill themselves together they die sleeping together after they drug themselves with uh and they're, they're like, drug, they they're also way older in the show by the end. Of yeah, they're like old. Then yeah, they so it's like these, the it, it was man. a sad, beautiful you know, story. You had me. I thought, yeah, I mean, well, that sounds like a good story. And I'm, I'll watch the episode, I'm sure. But like, they go out together. So it's not really that sad. That's what I'm saying. It's not a. It's, That's what I'm saying. It's sad because. It was a, fee, it was a good story. What you experienced. Like I know, I know. I'm not saying it's a good story. But like, oh, yeah. Well, I, one of them got sick, and then like Bill still had to live. I could say, okay, it's comparable. It's like uh, you know, yeah, you know, harder to lose someone that you've loved your whole life, or like harder to live with the regret of like knowing like what could have been this whole time, and now it's too late. Yeah, you know, what comparable? But yeah, this they just get to go out together, and it seems like a pretty yeah. sweet ride. They have the best life out of yeah. anybody in the entire game by far. <laughs> so it's like, but it is a good story, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed watching it. I was just awesome. yeah, commenting that. Well done. The story in the game, you know, it's not an hour, 10 minute episode of TV that's solely based on it. But the story in the game, I thought was a more complicated, more interesting story. You have two characters that hate each other for some reason, that love each other and hate each other. And this character who's a lot more, you know, complex, I think, than um, than how they made him out. But the I also understand why people could enjoy this version better because it's, you know, it's intended for the, the eyes of the viewing audience and not, you know, gameplay interspersed uh, level in a video game, you know? So I can understand yeah, that too. Exactly. Yeah. I was wondering, my girlfriend made this comment, like, what if, I wonder if maybe they told that story that way from like a pacing point of view where this show is going to be, nothing but super sad events and the the game you know is punctuated by long segments of gameplay where you're say I, a having fun agree. and you're killing shit but like you know the next story after this after the bill story is probably going to be like 
probably gonna be like the Boston QZ, which is gonna be intense. And then eventually you're gonna meet um the, those brothers. I forget their names. And that's right. a fucking crazy sad story. It's even sadder. So maybe like they had to lighten this one up a little <laughs> bit just from some pacing. So it's not just, you know, misery the t- to the TV show. Um, which it might be otherwise. So Yeah, I was gonna say earlier, just in general, the show, like I can't I don't wanna analyze it too much. I don't wanna nitpick it too much, even though there are things I could nitpick because I think it's overall a very well done show and it's good it's good television, it's good entertainment, yeah. you know. I'm just being hypercritical be so because worse. it's a property I like and yeah. it's an adaptation, but I really am enjoying it and it's good and it's good. It's a good show. Yeah. It's very good. Um, and that's, that's all I got, fellas. All right. We, nice. we were still on you. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sorry about that. You guys, I got about five well, I minutes. Do our own last about about cool. five uh, minutes. I was per biting my person. tongue, but I was biting my tongue. But John did say as soon as the conversation started to do a separate pod. Well, to be fair, this episode in particular was the best episode of TV in all of history. So He's you know, got you got to mention it, John. It timely. What have you got going on over to, the last while? Well, let me just say that it was a rather clever, or should I say, pathetic attempt to to silence us, uh, having this pod go on a little vacation. What mere days before One Piece Odyssey came out? What? Really? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, I I mean really? They figured it. So you figured it all out, don't you? <laughs> Hoping old John would forget and just move on to. Oh, I've been playing Dead Space. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know I wouldn't have so allowed that. I know. I got back up. Uh, yeah. So let's, yeah, working backwards, I I bought and played One Piece Odyssey, the newest and latest One Piece JRPG. Now, what uh, what does that cover? Like what events? It, so okay, so it's an original story. Uh, you you land in this kind of island of uh, it's called an island of memories. But it's it's an original story mixed with retellings of old arcs. Oh, okay. So you land island in this of island, memories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of land on this island, and the original story is the stuff you're doing on this island and the characters you're interacting with. And then in between that, you're going back to, like, uh, I mean, they hit four arcs. They hit Alabasta, they hit Water 7, they hit Marineford, they hit um, Rush Rosa. But because it's a memory, uh, you know, it's not perfectly as it was in the past. Like, they're remembering it differently. So that's how they get all the way with, huh. you know, having you face off maybe against different characters or... Or, you know, not just having to be the same old carbon copy thing you've done a thousand times. I can get behind that um, format. Yeah, as far as, like, story and presentation goes, pretty pretty great. Eight, nine, for sure. Um, but I don't know, the gameplay is just flat on this one. I mean, it's oh. just, one, there's no difficulty settings. You're just it's stuck easy. on one-piece mode. And, it's, and I'm not, like, a, a JRPG master. I didn't, like, min-max the, the systems in the game. But the game was just easy um and i don't know there's just a lot of quality of life stuff like going through some of the menus were just like like so tedious that i actually stopped bothering stop bothering like swapping my gear out in characters because it wasn't like i could just look at a certain character look at their gear and then like swap out right away you know you would have to kind of find them in a list find out the piece you're using Look at like the the piece like background image, and then go to a separate menu to your character, unselect that piece, and then like go find one that you wanted to put. It was just it's fucking crazy. 
It was 2023. I had to do that stuff. Um, so long story short, I give it one thumb up if you just like JRPGs and you don't know anything about One Piece. One thumb down. But if you like One Piece, I would give it one thumb up and one thumb pointing up, but a little to the side. And you know what that means. Ooh. Yeah. Super agree, man. I wonder if like modders right. could change, could like add difficulty options or something, like at least make like a hardcore mode or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, that'd be cool. One thing I'd like modders to do for that game, because for some reason they have it, if you pre-ordered the game, you got uh, like their classic outfits. I would have liked to seen in that game, this is like a little tiny thing, but I would have liked to seen more outfits given no, to not them. A tiny like from thing, uh, very strange. From like uh from like the arcs that they showed. Like yeah, they're like very minuscule things, like Luffy's got like different colored clothes or whatever. But some of them have like drastic clothing changes. And I think uh, they should no, I feel you. like they should have did that. There there's there's times when you, you can set up camp and that's basically when you can like uh you know, save and swap out your gear. You can have different characters and your crew do stuff. Um, and you can go to a tent. Yeah, it's just change outfit. You know, so I was thinking in the game, like, oh, we're going to get different outfits from each of the areas and be able to swap them out. No, there is a pre-time skip and post-time skip. And I'm pretty sure, like Greg and said, I don't even think you get the pre-time skip if you didn't uh, pre-order. It's a pre-order thing. And so I think like, there's a... Why the fuck would they even put that there? Also... If you get the deluxe edition. Oh, yeah, I didn't get, yeah, I didn't get that. So it's like, what? The, why would you even add that? Like, yeah. Just so it ain't exactly Super Mario like Odyssey. <laughs> no, certainly not. No. Um, What else do we do? Oh, yeah, well, I guess the big thing. I like Greg talk about it more because it's really more his game. But I Thank did play uh, the Dead Space uh, remake. I give it two thumbs up. I'm, I'm in New Game Plus right now. I started the new game plus right after the new game. Very rare that I do that. I don't know if I've ever done that and completed a game. Yeah, that's pretty so, wild. It's not that long of a game, though. That does help. Like, you really can get it through it pretty fast, especially on the second time through. But uh, two thumbs up. I'll butt in more when Greg's talking about it. Okay. I think that might be so it. I, wow. Now, that's how you deliver a nice and concise roundtable. You know so we have been having Sorry, guys, amazing just, discussions so far. Just, this has been a great episode so far. about the most so important far. video game adaptation of our, of our times. It's the most important news story in media, but it's okay. Oh, also, well, I, yeah, suppose... I, I played the Golden Idol game and I solved it <clears throat> the second I started. Right. So. I suppose Vito's roundtable is probably going to get cut, so we have plenty of time <laughs> for mine before the break. Um, what do I even want to talk about? What have I even done the last month? It's been a busy month for me. I feel like I'm saying that more and more. Um, as of late, but as I said, I played the case of the Golden Idol. I played a little bit of a tactics game called Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga, which I picked up at some point on sale last year on Steam. It was getting um, some positive buzz. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, the story is like bad enough that though I'm usually a story guy, I was skipping cutscenes by like chapter two or three. I I knew people said it was bad too. To be fair, so like you know, I wasn't gonna waste my time with that. Um, did the game come out they, uh, last year or this year, whatever? Recently, I think it came out last year. Okay. And uh, a lot of the menus and like the the way you navigate to like 
give people weapons and like upgrade units and stuff. Just didn't feel good. It kind of felt like I was playing a mobile game. I'll be honest. Um, it was not at all using like the full power of a computer or whatever. Um, yeah. And and frankly, from what I played, it was it was a little easy. Uh, and that's not even a real criticism because I was still early on, but I was playing on the hardest difficulty. And I was just steamrolling every fight. Did you finish it? Uh, no. Okay. I don't, I don't think I will. But it was getting, you were saying, positive so, buzz. I've never heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. It's got a overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Wow. I'm looking at it now. It's like, uh, yeah, retro style tactics. It reminded me of Shining Force, which I wanted yeah. to, you know, the main reason why I want to play it. I played a little bit of Orcs Must Die 3 with a buddy of mine. That's a fun tower defense. Uh, that's a fun co-op game. Not not the funnest, you know, whatever. Not going to blow your socks off. But uh, it's basically tower defense tactics. Not tactics. Tower defense game uh, where you also do shooting. That's funny. I've only played the first two. The third Is the third the only co-op one? I forget. It may be because like the sure. second player is like the main guy is like a g generic wizard type. Right. And then the, the second mm -hmm. player is like a witch. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I find that uh, or I found when I played those back in the day that um, I enjoyed it and I thought those were fun games, but because of my deficiency in multitasking, like I'm not good at um doing multiple tasks under pressure that the later stages mm -hmm. would definitely get me overwhelmed. Um, and I would, I would get stressed out, but I could see working with another person being, uh, like relieving that pressure for me. Sure. I think it's fair to say, man, as I walk down gamery lane, what comes next? It's a cruelty squad. Which I've played and talked about before, but I got God, a random yeah. still going on about this. Oh, this is the I got cruelty a random, of this game. I got a random Hinkling Thank for you, some uh, no problem garbage first person shooter. So I uh, garbage aesthetic. It's a great game. So I reset all my progress and restarted. Um, great decision. Still still holds up. Recommend you, Cruelty Squad. You, you admitted that out loud. Is that a game that like it? I forget. Is that a team or a guy making that one? Uh, it is apparently the developer is Consumer Soft Products, and like, do they make other games like that? Like, would would you think there would be more like that, or was this like a weird one-off thing? Uh, I so far it's their only game. Okay, all right. It's hard to say, and I don't know much about the dev. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a one dude adventure. Yeah, because like it's such a bizarre product and so unique in its yeah. terrible style. <laughs> I do know that the guy said that uh, he will never do a Cruelty Squad two, and his next game will be something totally different. Uh, that that makes sense. Finally, down. Walking down Gamery Lane. I've been playing more v Vampire Survivors. Um, Vito, just to prove 
you and your idiot girlfriend wrong. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that I, on this podcast. <laughs> I bleep that out and make Andy sound like a donkey. <laughs> yeah, make him sound like a donkey. I I effortlessly mm-hmm. uh, defeated death last night. I can uh, tell you, I was on the mic and I could actually hear the beads of sweat dropping around <laughs> into the mic, evaporating because he was on a different level of existence. God, I just got to break up with my girlfriend now. Are you playing on the phone? Um, the mobile phone? No. No. Okay. no. I, I tried that a little bit. I just, I, I never could get used to it. Oh, yeah. She's uh, and, and I'm not a phone she's gamer anyway. On, she's playing on phone. Mm, not really yeah, terrible, well, then. That's like playing on yeah. hard mode. Yeah, it's probably double hard. Triple hard, even. Can you do it? Right, yeah. Triple? Uh, yeah, I could probably do it three times. No, just triple. Like, kill, kill death three times, one triple. run? Triple. 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 Is that like um, playing it on a refrigerator or something? Just triple. Stri- I mean, yeah, just triple, dude. I'm with you. Thank you, Vito. So you beat, you beat death. I beat death. Cool. Congrats, congrats. I love that game. That game really, uh... That game is really sick. There's a... Yeah. And, and, and... You know, beating death is like... I'm I'm not far in that game at all. I mean, I beat death I'm a little bit farther than that, but th- that's like just the beginning. Like, there's really so much more to that game. Uh, there's a crazy amount to do in that game. Yeah, I'm kind of just working down the unlock list. Yeah, I think that's I've what got I'm trying around to do. 100 unlocks right now. Uh, so definitely more, much more places to go. Now I do it with Donkey Kong or Bongos. No, I, I, I touched the DLC a little bit. I have. Um, um, oh, okay. Okay. No, I've been in the DLC level. It's pretty nutty. Play it with a harmonica. Then that's all for games. For other media, movies specifically, I, I'll talk about Vito and I. Haven't I seen any? Starting our David Lynch journey. Oh, uh, yeah. We have watched a few Lynch movies in the last week or so. Have you we watched? Yeah, I do. They they are. They're films. Really? Um, we watched Eraserhead. Yes, we did. 1977, 80, 88, <laughs> 89 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. 89 minutes? A little, dis- yeah, a little disappointing. A little disappointing. They could have filled one more minute and made they it 90, but that's okay. That's yeah. the director's choice. Um, I thought that movie. I was that gonna was, lose a bag for that though, right? It's gonna lose a bag for that one for sure. It will lose a bag for that, but, but it will it'll probably gain get a bag back. back. Yeah, I yeah, already went, for what for what? <laughs> did you, uh, the character has some really funny hair that helped light the tension throughout yeah. some of the darker scenes. Also, there was a scene with erasers, Locker. pencil erasers. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, it's very meta. There very was meta. a scene with gotta pencil. Add pop, gotta right. add a bag back for that. I, I like it when directors go meta. No, I like the movie. Um, it was pretty unsettling, actually. I'm not usually a guy who gets unsettled, but there is... I don't think John would like this movie. There was a lot of uh, writhing stuff and you know weird liquids that looked even more sinister in black and white. Uh, the movie came out in 1977, so uh, David Lynch forgot to add color, which was to our benefit because uh, I think the black and white really helped the story yeah happy accident the story say. story is like I, the story itself is not really all that incoherent 
but like the each scene to each scene is kind of like an incoherent transition. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're in a dream, you don't realize it for a minute. Um, yeah, probably probably pretty typical of Lynch's stuff overall, but I really liked it. I really liked it. I, I think like watching it, I was filled with confusion and obviously like disgust. Uh, and arousal. Definitely a lot of arousal. Uh, very weirded out, but that's the kind of movie where like after we turned it off, I've been thinking about it like all week. Um, right. It's a very interesting, um, very cool movie. That's how I am actually with uh, Wild at Heart, which we also saw. And I, at the time, even as soon as we finished it, I was like, I don't really think I like that movie that much. Um, to be fair, I, I was COVID sick and I was definitely feeling it when we were watching that movie. That was a double feature. That was the second feature. You were feeling um, wild at heart. But I was pretty wild at For heart. like medical reasons, you know, like your heart was going to explode. You had palpitations. Right, right. I think I just had different expectations for that movie. And um, I still think it's true what I say where as far as like the, the good stuff, it's the first 20 and the last 20 and the rest of it's uh, not. What was it? Uh, not wild enough or too wild? Not wild enough. I would say actually. Wow. I mean, Nicolas Cage and uh, Laura Dern are basically just having sex every few scenes in the movie, and that's most of their story arc is driving. They're on the run, but it's them driving and then having sex. Yeah, it's um, like hypersexualized. I don't know if that was Lynch's point or. I was just. I just felt like he was just super horny. Like, it, it was. It was not, very sexualized. Yeah, I, I did not enjoy that, and not that I'm some, you know, uh, Mormon. Or it, just, it was it was just boring. Like I was tired yeah. of seeing him fuck. Exactly. Um, and there's a a side plot with the mother that is probably saying something, but the scenes were just kind of dull. I was not really into them. Yeah, I didn't understand really the whole Wizard of Oz theme throughout the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, and but yeah. Aside from that, there uh, overall, I'd say I, I wouldn't watch the movie again. I didn't, I didn't love the movie. But but thinking about some of the scenes, there were some really really cool scenes, include and and characters, including like one of the funnest Willem Dafoe performances for sure. Oh, that was a great. Yeah, I know what scene you're talking about too. It was a great. Actually, he had a couple good scenes, but yeah, yeah, um, he was great in that. Uh, and and I think Nick. Cage did really well, actually. For I mean, who it's Nicholas Cage, so of course he does, but he's ba- playing basically like an Elvis like character, um, just like a I don't know rock and roll at heart he's like kind Elvis of like James cool Dean. guy. Yeah, Elvis James Dean is a fun way to say it. But he was wild at heart. He was very wild at heart, he and it was cool so seeing all the Twin Peaks uh, actors in that movie, and there are a lot of. Oh, David yeah, Lynch does not stop. <laughs> well, specifically, Wild at Heart was made at the same time as Twin Peaks, or like almost at the same time. So there's a lot of people that uh, show up in between both. But you're right. David Lynch loves using his mainstays. He has friends. It's very sweet. Uh, we also saw Dune. The original 
Lynchian oh, yeah. Dune, 1984. I really liked it. I thought it was cool. I was surprised by how much I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it helps that I was already in love with Kyle MacLachlan. But seeing his journey as Paul Atreides, especially to the end when, you know, he's just a badass, it was, it was a, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think this movie's, like, you know, excellence, but I guess I had really, really low expectations going in. Everyone was saying, just skip this one. Um, and maybe they just mean that because, or, or you might think they just mean that because if you're watching David Lynch movies, Dune is not, you know, it's not a great example of a Lynch movie because it's a big studio sci-fi film that he... Well, and, and, well, and specifically because David Lynch disavowed it. And he didn't have full control or whatever yeah um, like he would tell you not to watch it right uh but you know definitely a lot of people painted it as just a really bad film and i don't really i didn't really think so um it's funny my pipeline for dune was i saw the 84 lynch version of the film uh and then more recently i read the book or uh, many of the books then watched the new Dune movie and sort of like I appreciated the 84 film on one level as like a fun uh, kind of cheesy sci-fi movie. And then uh, I liked the book, but I, I think it really uh, improved my enjoyment of the new film. Cause I was like, I wasn't really hearing other people who had seen the new Dune film like it as much as I was, or I did. Cause I had all that stuff in my head right at that moment, right. you know? Uh, aside from like other people on the internet who were very versed in the in the books, um, and then I sort of like look back on the '84 film, and it's like even more of its time than it ever was. Like it's it's uh, I don't want to say it's like it, it is more surface level and uh, more straightforward. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to see what part two of uh, the Villeneuve. Yeah one does I, th- I thought new dune was cool but i wasn't like i didn't walk out super impressed um i honestly probably got the same amount of enjoyment from both movies i know that sounds crazy but i also never read the books i'm not like attached to the dune story right um and I, i'm neither am i like impressed by it at all from the movies but i thought both <laughs> i got the same amount of enjoyment from both movies i know one's probably a better movie but whatever I think they each had their place, you know? <sighs> yeah, for sure. Uh, all that being said, let's see on my round table, but uh, I'm keeping a running order of my tier list of David Lynch films. My and? Number one is Firewalk With Me. Two is Eraserhead. Three is Dune. And four is Wild at Heart. Wow, Dune takes number three. Huh? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I, I enjoyed watching You've Dune. Seen the big worm, right? my, much more than I enjoyed watching Wild at Heart. Yeah, I admit I'm curious what you guys are gonna think of like, uh, Lost Highway or like especially Inland Fucking Empire. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for Inland Empire, Lost Highway, Mahalan Drive, Blue Velvet. Those are like the ones. I'm a little I'm less really... excited for Inland Empire. Yeah, the more I hear about it, not not because it's a bad movie, but uh, people say it's uh, David Lynch's most impenetrable work, and it's three hours long. Yeah, 
have a pretty right. high, I have a pretty high IQ, so I'm not that worried about. Oh, okay, it. never okay. mind then. And with that, I think it's time that for our podcast hosts to go uh, check themselves. So we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back. And we're gonna serenade you further with Flask and Greg's roundtables, followed by a little spitter spackle smackle dackle of the news. Is serenade like a brand of lemonade? Yeah. Made out of sarin gas? No. If you're truly wild at heart, you'll fight for your dreams. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Broken Campfire Podcast. We don't have to step out for an emergency. Flask, what have you been doing this weekend? Tell us. It was how it is, Flask. I, I can't. I can't. It's not. I can't. I can't just. Go, go ahead, it's, it's, it's all contractual. It's all written in ink. I can't. I get you can't say it when unless Andy says I it. I yeah, get it. Sorry. Go, 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 go ahead, Flask. Go ahead. Greg did well. Really, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> You're about to get written up the second you start talking. I wouldn't oh, do it. shit. Okay, I guess I'll just mention some things oh, from, right. from the past month and such. Uh, I did what I would consider cozy, uh, nostalgic runs of um, Halo. The Halo games, Whoa. specifically Halo 1 original. I played it on uh, a real console. Uh, I played wow. 2 Anniversary and 3 ODST. So I skipped over 3. So I uh, 1, 2 Anniversary and ODST. Um, Did I don't... you play on a, a rear projection television? No. So you didn't go full. I, you didn't go full retro. I don't. I don't have one anymore. You didn't I just, go full retro. Mm, just on my you normal good you TV. Thrift one. On my mm, modern television. Mm. That's all right. No, go on. Big game. Uh, I'm on. sure what you did is good too. Even yeah. with the TV situation, um, Halo One and Two are still great fun. Right. Still great games. Um, this was my first time playing through two with the anniversary graphics and cutscenes and such. Uh, those are really cool, done by um, Blur Studio, I believe. The cutscenes, um, but I also played with the the, the remastered graphics, and um, better than the original stuff in a lot of areas, but certainly not all areas. Like there's some aesthetics and visuals in the first in the in the original graphics that I liked a little bit better. And that's funny. I, I if we're talking about the same thing, because I I played the campaigns on the master chief collection on the pc mm-hmm. i i preferred the old graphics and i played on the old graphics and what like the new graphics looked better but i remember it felt like it was an issue of um i don't know they added all these reflections and and you know textures and it made things uh harder to read yes like absolutely. the old graphics are very you get what i'm saying like old graphics like the elites are like you know colored like a fucking you know whatever red or whatever color and they just pop right out the screen but in the new graphics it made just enemies harder to situations harder to read so i i just kept it on the uh, old graphics 
Now, I agree with you, but for the first game. Uh, because me and Andy, a couple years ago, played uh, part way through the uh, Combat Evolves campaign, switching be- back and forth Correct. between the graphics. And we both agreed that the new graphics d- are absolutely what you're saying. They muddy things a little bit, harder to read. Um, and just plain not as good, like, aesthetically in a lot of ways. No, it was like Michael baying up the graphics yeah. in a way. So I, that's and, why uh, I played. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry, I just want to add, at least in the first one as well, there were multiple times with a sniper where I would shoot somebody. It would have hit a wall because, or hit a wall or a branch or something yeah. that was there in the original graphics, but not there in the new graphics. Yep, uh, that happens too. Um, so I absolutely agree with you on the the first game's graphics, and that's why I played uh, the first one on the original hardware because I wanted even the I don't know if they like fixed it more recently. I think they might have, but even the even port, the port in the Master Chief Collection is based on the original Gearbox PC port, which suffered from some graphical issues. So it was never on the PC one-to-one the same as on the original Xbox. That's why I played on the original hardware this time, because I just wanted that authentic original CE right. experience. But did for the you play second with the one... the big clunky controller? The fucking I did not play with spiky. the Duke, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, right, so I don't just have a Duke lying around. This is, this is a sham I know, experience. I know. Um, it's getting wavier as it goes on, but, for, but I, I'm still entertained. For two, I played on anniversary because I wanted like the new cutscenes, and that one I think they actually did a better job at translating stuff. I would switch back and forth sometimes just to see, and it was there was definitely stuff I liked more about either one at certain times, but it wasn't as unanimous uh, for me as the as the first one. Um, I will say the new cutscenes blew my fucking mind. Oh yeah, they're great. Like really they're they're high wild. quality, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, I think the second one improved a little bit in in terms of the the gameplay graphics. Um, but still, it it was like hit or miss. So um, the, yeah. What? Cool. No, I was just, I was gonna say really like those cutscenes made me miss like when games had like rendered cutscenes. Now like I feel like every cutscene's like in game graphics. Mm-hmm. But back then, like cutscenes used to be so cool. Yeah, if you can pull off actually having the cutscenes be really cool and cinematic, then yeah. that's that's another level. I, I used like, to get very excited for cutscenes. Now I I could care less. I think it's all dependent it. on the the skill that the developers demonstrate with their cutscene uh, cinematography and and c- composition. You know, like I feel like some people have done magic with both pre rendered and in game. Um, and I think they fit different uh, circumstances. Mm. So, but I get what you're saying, totally. Um, and then I played ODST for the first time since, gotta be like, since 2009. And uh, that game's a lot of fun, too. That's the one where you're, uh, you are an ODST uh, in the aftermath of Halo 2 in New Mombasa, running around the streets. Um, and you're finding what happened to your fellow ODST comrades and their stories, and you're kind of going back and forth in time. Um, and that game is definitely, uh, it has the closest atmosphere to parts of the first game, 
maybe even like exceeding it in in parts and uh the music especially really sets the mood um the level design is good too i think people remember that game most for its atmosphere which is understandable the music and the the city streets and and then you get the action set pieces similar to the the way the first game goes um anyway yeah those those halo games uh always have a special place in my heart i didn't what need spurred to you to do this the uh halo come up and just the feeling of like it's just time i honestly part of it was hearing over the years that the pc port of halo ce was never right you know was never exactly correct part of it was wanting to experience the halo 2 anniversary new content new new take on things and part of it was uh i had only played odst the one time back in the day when it came out and yeah. i remember like it was in my memory as a certain type of game but it, i wanted to uh revisit that impression because i always thought it was a, an interesting impression for a halo game um and yeah I, I think i enjoyed it as i said it was a, just a cozy experience playing them all back to back i didn't need to play halo 3 again because <laughs> i and we played it to death back in the day especially you know the not especially but even the campaign uh, in addition to all the multiplayer stuff we did but i love that one too that uh, halo 3 is big big in my heart uh but i love the i love the halo series i'm not gonna play four and on <laughs> again maybe ever but we'll see anyway uh i've been playing as in i'm currently playing hi-fi rush which is that game from tango gameworks that was announced oh, cool. and released on the same day last week at the uh the xbox and bethesda showcase which was a pretty baller wild move and it's kind of it's beautiful to see a shadow drop a stealth drop like that i love that kind of shit um it's also on game pass day one so that's the cherry on top uh yeah tango gameworks behind you know uh the evil within and ghostwire tokyo so hi-fi rush is a okay it's got gorgeous cartoon visuals it's got uh, fun, energetic gameplay, delightfully musical in all aspects. It's like a rhythm-based Devil May Cry, or one of those type of games. Um, it's set in a uh, sort of a comedic cyberpunk world. Essentially, DMC meets Jet Set Radio, meets Beautiful Joe, meets Parappa the Rapper. And it's just delightful. And when you hear that the lead designer is um, Masaki Yamada, and his resume includes DMC, Beautiful Joe, Okami, it all comes together. And um, with uh, Shinji Mikami and John Johannes, the director of this one, and the rest of Tango, it's also just funny to think about like Hi-Fi Rush in terms of from the people who brought you Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, The Evil Within, comes this game out of nowhere. What do you, you say, Andy? God Hand. Was God Hand also partly yes, done so. by part of this crew? Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just 
like so, some of the stuff kind of definitely informed this, but this is uh, the most kind of out there product in recent memory. Um, a pretty silly, fun product. So, although I have a good sense of rhythm, I would say I'm not good at as as I kind of alluded to before with a different thing. I'm not good at remembering things in the heat of the moment. Uh, basically, I'm not good at like fighting game combos or executing them um, while trying to stick to a beat, especially. So it's a bit tough for me to play Hi-Fi Rush, uh, but it's certainly enjoyable to try. It feels very easy to try. And I'm not saying I'm bad, but I'm just not like S-ranking all the time, which you do get ranked like in DMC. You get ranked for how well you stuck to the beat, how well, how well you executed that. Uh, but you don't even have to be good at rhythm games to play this game. Absolutely not. Uh, first of all, your hits always land on the beat regardless. But with good timing, you do more damage and you get more points and you gain health and energy from those those well-timed hits. I did see that in the trailer that your hits always like will hit to the beat. Like, What does that mean? Does that mean if I attack? My attack will kind of be delayed until the next available beat. Yeah, that's what it means. Doesn't that yeah. feel weird? Feels, so, I feel like that would feel sluggish and disconnected. Initially, yes, it's a little learning curve because uh, exactly what you're saying, it feels delayed. It feels like this ain't right. This isn't, it's not a button press translating directly to an attack, but I swear it quickly makes sense. And once you, once you get into the rhythm, so to speak, uh, cool. it just. And that sounds like an innovative gameplay sequence if that works yeah well, yeah actually, i guess it does it's a different um, approach to uh the timing of like a, a rhythm bass like a guitar hero or something where you're um adhering to a beat or trying to but the uh the action is ha happening in like a different way than usual yeah for sure right i'm i'm sold on trying it it's on game pass i have game pass you and and a couple other people in the discord kind of said a lot of good things about it I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. I I we were talking the other day in uh, Discord, and I was like shitting on the game because the trailer just really did not jive with me. Hmm. Um, it just it just looked not even the gameplay. The the vibe looked just really corny and like very. <laughs> it's kind of corny. Just, just really lame. Like it opens up with like a record scratch, and none of it seemed like it was self aware. But people were telling me the opposite. That actually no, it is it is kind of aware. It plays like a B movie. I would say it's what do you definitely think about the vibe. Yeah. Okay. It's I will like say super. I thought it, it felt like a really corny, like kind of game geared towards kids. When I watched the trailer, I wouldn't say towards kids. I would say towards. It's like E for everyone, basically. It's it's towards everyone. Um, there's no real edge to it, but there's definitely stuff for both, for all ages, basically. Um, like it's just a very very tropey like, and that's on uh, purpose. Record scratch. I guess you that's wonder. On okay. Yeah. I didn't. I guess well, I went over my know, head. Well, well, they get some games where you get to stab somebody, and somebody gets kidnapped and murdered. It's not just. But, I mean, I love shooting you know, and stabbing, but it's not that. It was just the, the vibe. You felt, love it, don't you? You just fucking I love can't it. Can't get enough of it. It's literally uh, just kinda, the record scratch. Uh, I kind of agree with Vito. I mean, well, not the record. That didn't bother me at all. I don't like the art style. Really? Yeah, I didn't like the art style. Like, I think uh, it's the gorgeous. character dialogue in the trailer. I thought was just, no, no, no. Like, and yeah, I definitely don't think I'm popular in that opinion. I have heard people say it looks cool. I just have you played it? Yep. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh. no. I, I've, I've looked at it quite a bit. You know what it reminds me of? The the faces and the characters 
remind me of like Snapchat faces. If you've ever used the, the <laughs> Snapchat app, and I, I can't, like I, I, I actually I can't saying, unsee yeah. it. No, like the little like uh, me's uh, or whatever. They oh, the uh, like the avatar. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The avatar. Gotcha. Yeah, they remind me of Snapchat. And I, I really cannot unsee it. Yeah, it just didn't it didn't grab me visually or. But, uh, I think it looks great while you're in there, man. And I then really and do. then I think Zach was saying that like some of the makers are behind like Beautiful Joe, and then I kind of made That's and then I was like, too. oh, if I look at it that way, like the art style, I was like oh I, yeah, I could see that, and that that is kind of cool. I think Beautiful Joe looks a lot better, but yeah, yeah, I do, I do know what you're saying. It's still tracks. Beautiful Joe definitely looks better, but yeah, it is like clean as hell and just like a cartoon come to life. So if you don't vibe with that aesthetic, then I can understand okay, not liking it, but I think it really looks good. Um, Sick. I, I will try it out. I have it on a game pass. I was going to say also, uh, well, two things actually one so far, I'm not finding it that funny, which is a very hard thing to like judge to, first to pull that's, off, but, but also that's to what judge. I'm talking about. That's exactly what I meant. I felt like there was a lot of jokes being, told in the trailer and i was like none of these are funny this is like anti i don't think it's that funny but that doesn't so far that hasn't impacted my enjoyment of like the presentation and the writing of the characters and world and stuff like that like it could definitely be funnier which would also give it a little bit more like edge or a little bit more hipness um but there's something wholesome or not even just wholesome but like because it's definitely it's still about like you know the corporate world and, and uh, you know, rebellion and stuff like whatever. Um, but it's, it's fairly. Uh, yeah. Cheesy self-aware enough, but not like, not that funny, not funny. It's going to, it's not going to make you laugh. At least it okay. hasn't yet. Uh, <laughs> um. But again, I don't think that's like a problem for this game. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but I don't I don't think that really negatively it, impacts it for me. Um, and the other thing I was gonna say was just to to follow on from like the game really wants you to succeed as a player, and that you don't need to be amazing at rhythm uh, inherently, because everything in the game communicates the beat to you. The beat, first of all, the beat is everything about the gameplay, and everything in the game communicates that to you. So everything yeah, in the that, environment like, uh, moves to the beat. Environmental objects, yeah. Your character walks shit. and gyrates and snaps to the beat. Your companion character pulses to the beat. Your UI bounces to the beat. Uh, you can even turn on a metronome visual at the press of a button if you like. You don't have to. Uh, it's all refined to make you feel good playing it, which I can really appreciate. Again, I feel like it's for everyone. And that that that's acceptable sometimes, you know? No. We'll find out. Oh, okay. I'll find out. Uh, yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. I think it's really cool right. that it's still right. No. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, something else I've been trying out of late, is MUVR. That is EMU VR, which is a, I, I knew about this, but I hadn't looked into it until recently. It's a free VR application made by like 
one guy or a small team. I, I don't know how many people are making it. Uh, what it is, is it's a virtual bedroom. <sighs> okay, so you, you load into this virtual bedroom and you there's a bunch of crap everywhere. There's TVs from multiple different eras littering the room. Um, what it is, is a virtual bedroom in which you can emulate games and play them on a virtual television, essentially. Uh, games and um, emulate games and also play like videos and music and stuff like that. Um, so what it does is it runs RetroArch in the background, which for those who don't know is a, a front end that combines multiple emulation cores uh, from a whole slew of consoles. So anything that RetroArch can run, you can run in this virtual bedroom on one of the screens that you you so you can spawn any number of TVs. You can um spawn the consoles, the retro consoles. Is it is it multiplayer? So there is net play, crazily enough. You can play online with people. Um which is wild. So yeah, uh you're in this bedroom, you can spawn and despawn stuff. Uh, you're playing your your consoles on your so you can do immersive mode, which allows you to like spawn the CDs and cartridges of the games that you slot in. So you need to provide your own ROMs. Obviously, the game can't provide the ROMs for you. Um, but once you load them into the the the, the back the back end, uh, you can spawn them into the bedroom. Literally pick them up, put them in the consoles, turn on the consoles, plug it into the TV with the cable. And it pops up on the TV. It's wild. Um, and then you, you know, you're sitting there. You you focus in onto the TV, and suddenly you have control. Some games, the controls work with like the, um, you know, the the touch controller, like whatever uh, headset controllers you have. Some games, or sorry, you can seamlessly switch to a controller that's connected to your PC, which is again wild. You can just turn on your, you know bluetooth xbox one controller and suddenly be playing the emulated game uh as i said vhs and dvd tapes you can spawn those into with whatever video or music files you want pop those into the vhs player or uh dvd player and get those working on the tvs you can have multiple things running at once on multiple tvs kind of the sky's the limit except also the you know the load that you're putting the game under is the limit but it's pretty pretty high um pretty high bar uh the games have light gun support he added that in so like any wow. games for the retro consoles that supported like the gun con or you know the nes light gun whatever uh you can play those most of those uh pretty flawlessly like pretty um it's accurate and it works it just works um and there's like a whole spreadsheet of what games are compatible with what um what else? As yeah, as I said, net play is involved, which is crazy. Uh, you can customize to your heart's content. You can customize uh, the bedspread, the pillow, the floor, the walls, the ceiling, the posters on the wall. Add any images you want. Uh, you can customize the time of day, so kind of like what lights coming through the window. Um, you can customize the season outside. Uh, the light from the TVs actually. Like casts into the room, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. incredibly immersive. Um, 
a more advanced feature is like you can change the size of objects. You can edit that stuff in the config files. So you can like force make a flat screen TV or a giant TV or like a ton of really tiny thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's the stuff you can do. Um, the, the guy, the creator has said that he plans to make um, user generated content a thing in the future so that it'll be like intensely moddable. That will be a day because that, that I could see the, the possibilities just being endless. Um, yeah, this kind of shit is like, this seems like the basis of what would make like some sort of metaverse cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the yeah. actual shit that's happening. Totally. Customizable rooms on this level and being able to emulate shit. Like, so that, that, that is really cool. So it's kind of awesome. something that appeals to me immediately, but mm -hmm. I, I would try it out. I guess the thought of like getting in VR to like enter a world where I could play a game <laughs> sounds like super complicated but I, yeah. I get but after you started describing how how immersive it is that that sounds cool just like being there and it's and, for when you want to recreate a certain type of feeling like an experience you know yeah. you want to emulate the a lot of people do it because they want to emulate that feeling of being a kid in your bedroom playing yeah, on a playing CRT old school game yeah, yeah playing exactly. your you know your PS1 on a right. CRT That's... like you do like if you're going to play all the Halo games and do it the right way like you know, <laughs> not, not like some some like loser you best you do it through there and play it through the right kind of TV yeah the probably right controller. I don't think Xbox yeah. supported those, not some so, like half ass um, experience you know yeah too bad that was just a random example I thought of but yeah I am a huge emulator guy as we all know so this immediately appealed to me and I was kind of all over the place in my explanation due to excitement, but like, I just think this is really cool as like a, just a project that is, hits a very specific niche of entertainment because you already have your emulated games, but then you're, you're getting it, as you said, getting into an environment to play them. So you're it's after also that a little bit of a slippery, slippery slope though, dude, because then eventually you're going to be able to like order pizza in that <laughs> world. And then, you know, you're going to be able to get a job. And you know, soon you're just you're gonna, gonna have to be, get some kids, and you're gonna have to get some kids, and you know, then nope. you're gonna you're gonna get money, and you're gonna need to spend that money on stuff. You're gonna buy, you pay for rent, and, no you know, joke. Clothes, and one it's of just the gonna settings, be emulating life, you know. One of the settings is to turn on or off occasional mom voice outside the room, like in the distance. That, okay, that's a that's a <laughs> joke. That is that is actually something that. I would say as a joke. That's hysterical. That's in the game. You can turn that off if you want. Wow. You can also turn on or off the light coming in from under the crack under your door. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to just play with, you know, a lot of little dials to, to turn. But the main point is I'm sitting in a room playing a retro console on a, on a TV and it's just really neat. I'm probably going to be using it, especially for light gun games, because currently, <laughs> insanely, this is probably the best way to play retro light gun games in all of VR. Like, at all. So, <laughs> because it works so flawlessly. I understand. There's, I understand there's, what you're saying. There's not really any other flawless or easy or even really a way to play to retro play light, light gun, gun games game. on console, like console light gun games. Got you. Okay. 
This is oddly enough. That, and this the you you wouldn't way. you wouldn't need a light gun. You would just use the VR controllers. Correct. Yeah. Because got you. Okay. If you think You're about emulating it, a light gun. Yeah. If you think about it, when you what people have tried to do in the past is just uh, pull the emulated light gun game up on their PC and just like you know try to play with the the controller as a point it doesn't really work because it's not like understanding that it's that the thing you're holding is supposed to be the light gun and it doesn't yeah. know where the screen is you know what i mean whereas in yeah. this virtual bedroom it it keeps track of where the screen is so you're pointing yeah, at a physical virtual tv yeah oh that is really interesting that's cool yeah so that's it's actually bizarrely one of the only ways, if not the only way, to play retro light gun games. So, so I'll probably be using it Resident almost exclusively Evil, for that uh, purpose. What's the name of that game? Resident Survivor. Sur- Survivor? Yep. Survivor. Oh, believe me. I put a bunch of games in there. House of the Dead. But I'm looking forward to playing. Absolutely. You can put House of the Dead in. Yeah, there's a lot. I wasn't thinking of Resident Evil Survivor, actually. There's another Resident Evil light gun game I was thinking of. Well, the a, sequel a, to a that was uh, Survivor 2, which was... a uh, an adaptation of Code Veronica with light gun elements put in. Then there was a sequel to that on the PS2 called Dead Aim. Dead Aim, that's the one I was Okay, that was the PS2 one. Unfortunately, uh, PS2 light gun games are not yet supported because RetroArch does not yet support uh, PS2 light gun games. So basically, we can only play what RetroArch currently allows with its cores, and its PS2 and on, like that generation on support is not the best. So, um, only time will tell. Okay. But anything like cool. PS1 is, uh, era back. Gotcha. It's another thing that I would not know existed if it weren't for you and your <laughs> weird brain. It's cool. So, yeah. MUVR. Second Life in VR. Pretty, pretty neat. Yes, I'll just live there from now on. So, if you want to find yeah. me, that's where I'll be. I'll be podcasting from okay. my bedroom from now on. <laughs> Uh, all right. That's all. That is what I wanted to talk about. Yes. Cool. Greg, suppose it makes Hello. you the la- the last lucky gamer. The sure last guy. I have so much stuff to talk about. The last of thing- us. All right. No, I won't be talking about that. No, you are the last. You don't talk enough about that. Oh. Yeah. Heard nothing then. I was uh, the did first I, of us. Um, did I talk about Death Stranding the last time we talked? To, did this I, a month ago? I feel like you did. I think so. I don't remember, but I just talked about reiterate. being it, so you must. Have oh, then I must. Be. All right, yeah. then we can skip that stupid stuff. Uh, let's talk about the the main game. Uh, when the fuck did it come out? Main brain game. Uh, it came out the twenty seventh. Uh, last uh, last Friday, Dead Space the remake. So I just want to preface your talking about uh, it with I have not yet played it because it's kind of a I'm kind of saving up my a remake of a game I like money for a couple months from now. So unfortunately, I'm not playing it quite yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. So please continue. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So it's the remake of Dead Space. Ah. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they took a great game, they they had it out, and they didn't fuck it up. They just made the game better. It was incredible. Wild. It was a great game. 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, this is crazy. This is like, 
an adaptation or not an adaptation, a, a remake that's better than the original. Better than the original. Like, they they literally just took something and made it better. It was well, it's it blew me away that the, I literally thought they were gonna fuck this up. I was like, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna be rough in some parts probably. Nope, loved it the whole way through. So I they played, updated uh, the graphics, obviously. A bunch. Updated the graphics. They, uh, they updated parts of the story. There's different little uh, parts, different uh, changes to some of the story. Uh, like they took the religion in the game, Unitology, and they I feel, I, they feel they uh, like brought that more like expanded into the that. into the front view. Yeah, expanded that out. Uh, they changed a few like people. They added a few new people like in the game. Well, but, stuff that you weren't upset by because that's no, that could was, be upsetting. It was. Nope, I was, I, every change that I saw, loved it. It was like, dude, that's way better. Dude, that's also cooler. Uh, I, dude, so good. I, uh, I played through my first time on hard. I, uh, I know I'm sure I've said this a bunch of times, Dead Space is one of my favorite series of all time. I love that game since I was a young lad. It's great. So playing this again, I'm very happy. I, I've seen, I think I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen anything bad about it. I think every, all the the overall is people like this a lot. Not even yeah. the so I woke hope agenda. Oh uh, well, yes, <laughs> there is one woke agenda, but I'll talk about that a little. I'll talk about that, I guess, with the bads. Uh but um, hopefully the screen lights him to continue either continue on with the story, which I want, uh, or maybe if anything, do this graphics upgrade thing with Dead Space Two. But I kind of don't like that. Want that because. In my opinion, Dead Space so 2 recent. is the perfect, the perfect game. I it's so love that recent, game. like relatively, and it looks fucking great. I the, hope that this the, was the a original test. Dead Space looked fun. It really does. Yeah, facts. It really does. Um, I really hope that they were that. In it, you know, internally, they're like, if this game sells well and does well, we're doing another Dead Space game. Like, I hope they do because yeah, man, I, I this so. was so great. I absolutely loved it. Sick man, that's cool. I, I definitely will try it out, but it, you know, I played the game like like two years ago for the first time. Yeah, so I don't really yeah. want to buy it again for sixty bucks or whatever it is. Uh, sixty mm. bucks, yeah. So um, I'm gonna wait a little bit, but I definitely do want to try it. Yeah, try I want. I want to play it as well. Yeah. Very cool thing is uh, they added this thing for New Game Plus. Uh, they put uh, marker fragments hidden around the map. Uh, the, the issue more now is basically the space station is a giant map and you can unlock trams to go to different parts of the map, or you could just walk through it. Like and, to yeah, different John sections. was saying, yeah, it's basically, so you could like go back to places and John was saying yes. there's, there's, there might be something there now. Oh, there's, the, uh, yeah, there's, uh, but they have these marker fragments and if you collect all 12 of them, you get a new secret ending that they added to the game. And you didn't look it up at a time, right? I did. Yeah. You did, yeah. And you're still I going to, for the. I want to, yeah. I, I, dude, I'm gonna play that game like three more times. I think that's cool. No, well, that just speaks to how um, much you might, must be enjoying it then. Yeah, dude. I, I really have nothing bad to say about that game, and that's very surprising because I would say bad things about a game. So, like from an objective view, so we know that you gave Callisto Protocol. A like a seven out of ten, seven point five out of ten, right? Like seven point five, yeah. yeah. Whereas the rest of the internet sort of collectively settled on like maybe a five Dude, out of ten or so. Let me, uh, I will, uh, you know what? Let me put my adjusting adjustment cap on. Yeah, I, I think you adjust. You, uh, you change. I'm your gonna. Opinion. I need to review. Uh, 
Dead when Dead Space came out, uh, Callisto Protocol went to like a six, like a six, maybe Oof, six point okay. five, maybe. Because yeah. damn, dude, Dead Space. Ah, oh, it's so good. I love it. It's so great. So my point was, I'm sure- yeah, gonna be like, do you think that it's a ten for you because you love Dead Space so much, uh, or do you think that it, it like like everyone pretty unanimously could be like, yeah, this is like perfect for what it is, you know, like a perfectly rendered. Yeah, product. I think so. I mean, yeah, I could say that, but also that also could very much be skewed, like you said, because I I love Dead Space. <laughs> So I'm like, oh man, ten out of ten, and people are like, yeah, I like the game. It was all right, eight out eight out of ten, whatever. I have but been yeah, hearing from other corners that like the John? things they added were yeah, dude, good there are some good things. So yeah, I really like, I really really like this uh the like little sides thing. They had also like side missions. Uh, side missions are cool. Uh, I I enjoyed them. I did all of them. I think really like my first playthrough was like twelve hours, and I just I shredded through that fucking game. <laughs> Would you say the I, game is because there was a lot of talk right up until release about how the game is just like way scarier for reasons that are I don't really understand. I guess better audio design and and graphics. Oh, uh, you think it's? I think the audio is one of the top things in that game because you're on the ship and you constantly hear stuff. Moving around in, the in there, people <laughs> screaming, or you'll yeah. hear very just—it's very quiet, but it starts getting like like it's louder in certain areas. But you can hear like people whispering, like you're going because you're you're going crazy because of the marker is on the uh, ship. Uh so basically, you start like hearing like people whispering. You start like seeing not like seeing stuff, but like uh kind of like on like the monitors and stuff you start seeing stuff and you're not sure maybe how much of that is like flavor audio and how much of that is oh, it's like, like a, oh there's, like there's actually something in the like up. in the wall about to smash me right yeah right. Well, yeah i mean obviously it's been like 10 plus years since i played the original but i i do think that the audio design is uh amazing in this game maybe you know it's I don't know what was it in the, in the game awards last year. What won like best audio designer son was like God of War. And we it was like, God Why? of War, yeah. God yeah, of War. like this game. I mean, it's not even close. Like it, yeah, just the sound to the ship. You know, when you're going through there, you'll you'll walk past certain like fans and you hear like metal scraping or just. I mean, even going in different like parts of the ship, you'll have different like volume levels. Like uh, medical wing is you know pretty quiet, but if you go over to engineering, and obviously it makes sense. Like uh, the ship just gets louder, and there's even like a specific like engine room where, like I mean, you know, normally I turn my games down because I don't I don't like loud noises, dude. You cannot turn it low enough where this room <laughs> is not fucking loud, dude. Like, it's, it's loud. like an actual engine. Like I, it makes sense because I've just uh, you know I've been in next to big old engines before. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what it's fucking like. Like you cannot escape the the loudness of it. Uh, and yeah, all the things Greg said. Yeah, you these just subtle whisperings in the background. Um, yeah, the xenomorphs, you can, I mean, even if they're yeah, not dude, like the popping new- out of you, you can hear them in the vents kind of crawling around you. And sometimes usually that is kind of a hint, like it could pop out or sometimes it's just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, to- totally great sounds. The new necromorphs, they, uh, like the new thing with them. Very cool. Uh, I found this out, uh, yesterday playing it. Cause I started using the, I didn't use the force gun in my first playthrough. I started doing it in my second but if you just hit enemies straight up with that force gun, you just rip blow their skin off. You just blow their flesh away. They're like bony, cool. like sinewy things. I don't know if that was there before. You yeah, can, yeah, I don't know. maybe some more. You can. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's cool, dude. Very cool. 
Um, and yeah, I'm only playing on a 1070, um, which is I think like the the minimum requirements or like yeah, whatever the bare minimum you need to play the game. Um, and I think it looks great. So I mean, I'm sure on Greg's you know 40 series, all super yeah, it looks um, like absolutely it's, amazing. I'm playing 4K max. Yeah, that game looks fucking great. So just to be clear, uh, yeah. they didn't oh. like fuck up the 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 visceral enjoyment of like the dismemberment combat and stuff like that. Like they nailed that, in your opinion? Uh they nailed that. I, I in my I, opinion, I yeah. So. I love using the the force. No, no, I mean I like using the force combat. Like, yeah, I love using the glove to fucking rip off their arms and one of my skewer uh, them into the wall. And one of my big things was I like to use the flamethrower. I would light the end thing on fire. And I would just start swinging my <laughs> fucking arm, and you would just see parts like flying off. Very That's fun. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like the kind of game that you want to like play by yourself in a really dark room that is simulated in some sort of VR emulator. Yeah, with your mom outside. So she <laughs> your can, mom. So she can disapprove. Knocking, screaming that the pizza rolls are ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I agree with you guys. Yeah, I really want space, to see dude. a I love it. friggin' continuation of this series. I do. Yeah, it's kind of funny that they they killed the series off after the third game, and now they're like, "Hey, we'll sell you the first one again," <laughs> even though they did do a great job. It's like, uh, like I say, maybe it's them testing the waters a little bit to see how much interest there is. And in- I hope because I, I really would, want that story completed. Talk about video Dead game space, adaptations. I would watch a Dead Space show. That'd be, cool. a, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool show or a movie of the the first. They had one, pretty sure uh, it's like two the animated movies. Show. They go two, oh, I and I remember them being all right. They had uh, yeah, they had two animated movies. They had the one where it's the Ishimura as uh, basically they bring the marker up and shit just hits the fan, and then the second one takes place before two, and it's uh, takes place of the guy that the crazy dude you're with. It like follows him around and shows like a bunch of side stories. Right. There was also like extraction, which is like a different story altogether. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, that. I think there was a few books. I think there was like a few books. Yep. Also, yep. yeah, probably probably some comic books or something. Phone game. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, Dead Space, man. Yeah, love it. Uh, I saw you play a lot of it. It was cool. Yeah, I dude, I really love that game. Very great. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, keep still playing World of Warcraft as <laughs> nothing that hasn't changed. Uh, they've been surprisingly killing it with their updates. Uh, they're uh, like they're showing stuff for the new, they're like new mini patch that's going to be coming out, uh, whenever like a few months or probably like a month or two. Uh, pretty cool stuff so far. Good, pretty good. cool. That's that's really it. That's all I gotta say about that. Uh, and now it's time for the main event. Andy, I know you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. I got some I got some trivia that'll even blow Vito's brain off. Alright. Uh so I started watching with, with Andy. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Pretty good. Twin Peaks. I like it. Oh, like I, I like it. It's pretty good. You guys have been cooking, no, right? Where are you guys right now? Next. Oh, dude, Greg uh, has been helping me get over my COVID sickness by having me stream Twin Peaks for like eight hours a day. But we are <laughs> on season two, episode fifteen or sixteen. Okay, yeah, wow. we are cooking, as you say. 
Dude, it's very engaging. I or Jesus Christ. Uh watching it, like, dude, we I could just keep blowing through episodes and I'm not like like occasionally I just take a break. I'm like, oh, give me like five minutes or whatever. But I'm cool. I'm totally cool with just us pounding through episodes. It's great well, I, better fucking... to get it over with quickly. <laughs> dude, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um I'm really every Twin Peaks fan says this, but I'm really excited and interested. To see how you take the change in tone that's coming up. Yeah. Um, I know me and Vito both kind of warned you about it, but, um, you, you know, for better or worse, I guess, depending on your taste, season one and two kind of have a soap opera sensibility running in the background that helps keep things light and helps make these wacky stories happen. That's pretty much abandoned in Firewalk with me and even more so in The Return. Um, so really, really curious to see how you take Twin Peaks as it evolves, but I'm glad you're liking it so far. Yeah, it's it's been very very enjoyable. Now I it's don't really want to reduce you, that. Greg, because I don't. I, I'm partially joking about it. this, but is do you think part of it, part of your enjoyment, comes from like almost the like the anime esque nature of the, the what Andy's referring to as yes. like the soap uh, opera? Flask, I can flask. I can yeah. literally just say yes okay. because. <laughs> So think about it like yeah. a slice of life anime yeah. with like some weird shit going on. Load, like load characters, of... weird stuff. I like I'm pretty it. sure All me right. and Vito have been saying this too. Okay, okay. At what? Big, sorry, not not about great experience, not, but like I'm not sure. Yeah, like but... the whole two piece joke. Like I remember when that started. I, I'm pretty sure it started from me saying like Twin Peaks is kind of like an anime. You just have to believe me. Mm-hmm. It's Twin Peaks. I, I think Jimmy and John, Joe were joking about it a, like a little bit, but it's as anime as this, as a reality can get, or a, TV, <laughs> uh, a, a real TV show could get. Yeah, I, I I don't know if that's more or less. I want to say less so in in the movie in the tonal shift that he's talking about that's coming up. I feel like it gets more serious and very like a very dark reality i don't know it also gets weirder too so i, I, don't I think know. that's fair yeah but uh yeah i definitely could see it as like a slice of life anime with like also some weird shit happening in the background Dude, that's it in a small Lin- town like more david lynch we're making a twin peaks anime oh, and it's I'll no play, i'll play Le- i'll play leo play leo <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence that a bunch of Japanese people have been strongly influenced by Twin Peaks over the years. Oh, Seems yeah. to be a that's, big... All right, that's, that's a good that's point. Funny. That's true, yeah. You got all the games that kind of follow the influence and uh, you get that coffee Specifically, commercial. Specifically, Fire Walk With Me, for some reason, did numbers in Japan. Oh, oh that's funny. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I've really been enjoying... I didn't get to watch all of it with you guys, but stepping back into that world like just felt so good that's such a cozy show for me that those first two seasons and i'm very excited sure. to, to get into uh season three and firewalk with me again didn't you just watch that yeah but, but we're watching I mean, it again if anything deserves a rewatch it's the it's such a dense you know true experience now watching it again i'm kind of like unpacking even more because you know, you don't even know what the fuck you're watching. Now that now that I know what I'm getting into, I can kind of like really look at things uh, a little more analytically. It's true. Catch stuff I didn't catch the first time. There was an ape walking through the um, background of the scene the entire show. 
Yeah. Now, let <laughs> yeah, me give you the reference, bro. News. Uh, I happened to look into the Bookhouse Boys. Okay. <clears throat> All right. In official Twin Peaks lore, in one of the books that Mark Frost wrote, he just says that all seven of the starters on the Twin Peaks High School football team of 1968 formed the Bookhouse Boys. Okay. So that ah, Bookhouse Boys were just... Starter. Yeah, they were just jocks. So that was Harry jocks. Truman, of course, Big Ed, Hawk, Hank, Hank Jennings. Now, we know all of that. But there's so a couple surprise more people. There's a couple surprise members, including this guy, Toad. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about Toad. Yeah, I think the, I've seen him in the uh, diner a few times. He looks um, like Michael Moore. Yeah, no, he he's he doesn't do much except hang out in the diner sometimes. He's uh, he's, uh, he's the guardian of the diner. His, his bookhouse boy duties because I've never seen him in action. Now, we also have Frank Truman, who Greg hasn't met yet. He's on the Bookhouse Boys. Okay. There's one more. And hang on. I'm trying to get a good picture of it. This this one will blow your fucking mind. This was a founding member of the Bookhouse Boys. No fucking way. Fuck? <laughs> that's incredible. What? Very- what happened Jerry to him, Horn. dude? That is incredible. That is like such great lore. I love that. What happened? How far? Yeah, how far? Why? Happened, now dude? I want to know what the hell happened there. I really want to see the Bookhouse Boys prequel show now. Yeah. Now Apparently, just, well, his involvement is never detailed, other than we know that all the starters were in the Bookhouse Boys, and he was a starter at the time. I don't really understand the Bookhouse Boys entirely. Like, I, I, I always thought when I watched the show, I thought the Bookhouse Boys was just like a close knit group of the the police in the town but then yeah i guess i was no wrong, because cause... james is part of that and james what? no I, I had no idea J- i had no idea james was a part of it until you brought it up and it's only in that one season one episode where they even mentioned james as a there's actually boy. another guy that's in there when they introduce james as a bookhouse boy and we only see him twice and we yeah. have the sec- last time we see him is when they introduce him as a bookhouse boy and he's with the what the hell's his name some other dude and that's the last time we ever see him. Who is that mysterious boy? We must know. That looks like Harry, like a young Harry Truman. Is yeah, the, the Bookhouse Boys are like an extra ju- judicial um, yeah. group in the town that just like gets shit done when need be. But they take like, they use like vigilante justice. Exactly. They are I thought they were also, like, you know, Scooby-Doo so and the gang. Like, it's weird that they don't... Well, that yeah, helps them of. be extrajudicial when they're also judicial. I guess so, but it's funny because the police force in that town is so small anyway, so it feels like the Bookhouse Boys is just like... Or rather, the police force is just the Bookhouse Boys plus like three other guys that yeah. weren't cool enough, I guess, to look, where they're like... Nah, you you can't be a well, bookhouse boy. Like Andy, Andy, Andy gets left Andy out of the bookhouse boy. Andy ain't gonna be a bookhouse boy. But Andy's on every mission of the book. Like so <laughs> Andy, like Andy is a bookhouse boy. Apparently, yeah. Small what? town, okay. messy Venn diagram. Yeah, there's like some. Yeah, exactly. There's a Venn diagram of the police force, and then inside of that is the bookhouse boys. But it's only a sm- a slightly smaller circle. Now yeah. we no, also. Dude, really I, I think you gotta. Ra- how many I think you gotta turn are. around. 
I think Bookhouse Boys is a bigger circle that the police force lives inside of. <laughs> you might be right, because there's some outsiders uh, in the Bookhouse Boys as well. I don't know. We're, James, we're all forgetting Joey, that this town is actually 50, 52,000 people. 55,000, I thought. 55,000 people. No, Vito, Vito's right. It's closer to 52. Uh, Wait a second. Did Dead Rising take Twin Peaks's approximate population number for the town of Willamette, Colorado? 54,256. That's what it is, right? Some stupid exact number. Like yeah, that exactly. Rising. Which one of you guys got that achievement? Did anybody get I that? did, yeah. I got that achievement. I think I have it on my 360. Twin Peaks has a population of 51,201. Okay, so it's close, but Whereas close enough Willamette that it's suspicious five, three, five, nine, Someone took a little oh, bit so. of Twin Peaks influence. Someone watched Twin Peaks at one point, I think. Quite lynching, I must say. Yes. I think so. When you guys got that achievement, did you... I didn't get that achievement because I'm not a loser, but when you guys got that achievement, did you do the... You just drove around the garage? Yeah, yeah dude. That's all you're supposed to do. Go to infinity mode, just drive around, you're done. Did you why, why put yourself He did it in that. an infinity mode. Fuck yeah, I did it in infinity hand, mode. One not infinity mode. Uh, I mean, I respect that. Up. If you did do it with your bare hands, I... I, do, I respect that. I imagine each one was Vito and I said, fuck you, fuck you. And I, Vito, I that was a different time. Chopping their like, heads off. And you know, when you don't have your, when you, don't have any, you don't have any weapons in your hand and you, if you go range, he spits at him. I'd always yeah. spit at him too. Like, <laughs> spit fuck on you. him? All right, come on. <laughs> I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And you suplexed him? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and in that Kick game, doing that stuff unlocked special things. Like, I don't know if it was the, Mega, the Mega Blaster. Buster. Or the, Mega Buster. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. The problem is, by the time you are in deep enough in Dead Rising to attempt that achievement and successfully pull it off uh, and unlock the Mega Buster, you were already like so done with the, the game in terms of having scraped all of its content, and you're so yeah. good at it that it's the Mega Buster like is like a superfluous trophy and not something yeah. you necessarily then do another run with right away. You know, I've I've never like got any of those like legendary achievements i just did not give a fuck like, I was like why am i gonna waste my time doing oh learning? for sure I, that achievement is nuts it's like ridiculous. that's a legendary yeah. achievement like i i we Tr all remembered that one yeah there's a couple other Tr video games trust me dude like your lack of dedication is reflected in your gamer score and that's <laughs> all i need to say i think i had a decent gamer score but it was just from Dow. playing a lot of games and uh, me and kurt <laughs> had we, the I highest like gamer <laughs> scores and then kurt got banned and he lost all his, and I became the reigning champion. I would jump in this right now, but I'm pretty sure we we compared all our gamer scores on an early podcast episode, like a very early podcast episode. I think and so. If I'm, yeah. if I'm wrong, then we need to do it, though. <laughs> we need to have I'll one do it. podcast. I'll give a fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, give me a second. All right, we'll throw up your Xbox app right now. And then the Broken Campfire crew proceeded to compare ancient irrelevant xbox gamer scores for like 10 minutes and it was very amusing and would have made for an entertaining listen if you were say in a room with them just hanging out and you had nothing better to do at all anyway back to the bookhouse oh, boys hold on. wait 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 there, there's oh, an emergency fuck. there's emergency i i don't know how to say this I'm just going to oh, yeah. have to come out and say it, though. I'm looking through achievements, and it appears I never even beat Chapter 6 of the original Dead Space. What? What? <laughs> what? I'm looking at Magic Man. It just says, uh, 
I got chapter fan, five fan, achievement. Fan. I don't have greenhouse effect. Should you be even allowed to play the remake? Well, I mean, I already beat it. Well, the that makes sense because no. Leviathan's right in there, and you probably got scared of that. Five, like, oh, I, I just, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm puking. I'm pissing. I'm shitting. I'm shitting. Wow. And, I'm shitting and puking everywhere right now. Greg, are you done? No, I'll, I still wanted to talk about Twin Peaks a little bit more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get back to Twin Peaks. What's up? Someone say Twin Cheeks? Who said Twin yeah, Cheeks? Twin Cheeks. Is always twin Cheeks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, after, after, after that Bookhouse Boys bazooka I had to blow everybody's brains with, uh, I kind of got sidetracked. Sorry, man. It happens. But yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Uh, I, there's some characters I don't like, you know, some characters I do, I like. The whole shebang. I'm, I'm name name a character you like and a character you don't like. Character I like and a character I don't like. Uh, I don't like Audrey. Uh, that I can say Damn. with the utmost certainty. I think she, I fucking hate her. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, I, think, I think I thought Audrey was cool. She's like, of course you did. Trying, well, she's trying to. She's like trying to solve. She's not a bookhouse boy, and she's trying to solve what's going on. She makes good progress. She's. Gets she's, in the way. Gets she's a kidnapped. good. She's a good person. She's not like a piece of shit. She's, she's like Donna. What the or fucking, fuck are you talking about? She's not getting anybody killed like some other characters. I, I, I thought. I think. She's All right, pretty, that is true. Donna's also second because she made a guy kill himself. Yeah. Uh But yeah, a uh, character I like. Uh Cooper, bro. Cooper's the best. Cooper's cool as fuck. Cooper's the best. I like Cooper. I like the uh, the old mayor dude who sometimes <laughs> shows up. He's funny. I dig him. Yeah, there's some good side characters. He's a good one. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hawk, the the cops, they're good. They're good dudes. Season three is going to be exciting because you know that some of these characters are going to be returning. What is the uh, time line wise for between season two and three or the movie there's a, the, the the i think there's 20 years between season two and season three literally in in, in real life like in so, real life and in the show or what's the in, difference in the show? and in the show yeah i think it's oh it's that's, that's an cool equal equal time jump that's yeah. weird but it's wild yeah, there's cool. nothing like it in television i'm pretty sure it's it's the craziest thing i've ever seen <laughs> what the fuck and like a lot, cool. a lot of the characters are dead in real life. Oh fuck! Yeah, or, or, or died like a, them with with necromantic arcs with necromancy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, they're not. The book dead characters boys need you. Are not in the show. But then a lot of characters died like right after the show too. After the season three, it's a really wild. When did uh? When did season three air? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Well, that's that's Twin Peaks. That's, that's it. Twin Cheeks. That's all I got. Right. Twin Cheeks. Whatever. Twin sheets to the wind. Well, I guess there's, there's no Twin Peaks. I guess we're done with the pot news. News, 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 news. All of a sudden, done with the news. news, 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 news the end of the news. podcast with a bunch of news. Yeah. Uh, this one will be first. One will be quick. Uh, when the Vampire Survivors dev went to find a partner to make the mobile version, they had trouble finding anybody that was on board with non-predatory monetization. No surprise there, barkers. but no surprise there. At cool all, for them yeah. to stick to their guns. Uh, yeah. This blog post also talked about how they aren't sure yet how to handle the DLC uh, because you know there's people on the phone who 
only play free games and they want to reach that audience, but they want to make sure it's fair to the people on Steam who paid a little bit of extra money. Personally, I would not mind at all if they just dropped the DLC for free on phone. The, the DLC cost me like, what, two bucks? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be angry yeah. about it. Yeah. I also saw they were adding, or sorry, they're working on adding save transfers. Does that mean what I think it means? Does that mean like my, I have the same save yeah. on PC as my phone? Yeah. What else would it mean? Oh, that would be so be sick. Because cool. right now I'm running like two simultaneous playthroughs and, you know, like I'm playing 50% of the time on each platform, so I'm not progressing as fast. That, that, anyway, this well, what is. What save cool. do you transfer to where? Yeah, which version of you would my, you kill my, if you my, had the opportunity? Well, I'm, I'm f- I would kill my mobile version because I'm not. As far on mobile, so right, I, okay. would, I would I would banish that that version of me to the shed. No, no remorse, no remorse at all. All right, I won't spend a ton of time on this one either because I'm sure every gamer out there is aware of this story. <laughs> but Wizards of the Coast ran into some big oopsies in the last month oopsies. around the release of their new open gaming license. Um, the leaked OGL open gaming license 1.1 had proposed new restrictions and exploitations, including uh, a royalty for D&D content creators who make over a certain dollar amount a year, uh, and in general locking down the work to make it, e- to make it harder to access uh, things that uh, D- the D&D community has accessed for many years now. Ain't that just fucking crazy, eh? Uh, now, so that caused... <laughs> that caused uh, an outbreak where Wizards of the Coast uh, said that they were going to be doing the new OGL, but uh, they were listening to gamers and don't worry, it'll be super consumer friendly. Um, nobody believed them. One of their main competitors, Pezo, who or Paizo perhaps, who produces Pathfinder, announced uh, an open uh, what do they call it? Open RPG license. So, if you don't know, the relevance of these things is that properties like Pathfinder were published under the open gaming license, which means that they could take stuff from D&D so long as they gave D&D credit. Um, by now, Pathfinder is pretty different from D&D as far as it doesn't use the Forgotten Realm setting or um, any of the same rules that D&D uses. Uh, so that's them coming out swinging with the direct competing license uh, to undercut what uh, D&D would have done with the OG 1.1 or 1.2, whatever they're calling it. The final move in this story is that Wizards of the Coast pretty much retreated to doing exactly what everybody wanted them to do and opening up D&D even more, which is a happy ending for gamers, I think, but probably not a happy ending for Wizards. Uh, neither financially nor for the goodwill that uh, they've tarnished over the last month or so. Especially motivating Pathfinder to, or Pezo to release a competing license. Um, not so good, Wizards. Yeah. Some uh, pretty pretty dumb business moves. It's not great when the only result of something you're doing is at the end of the day to just tarnish your reputation. <laughs> like that's yeah. the only thing they that came out of this. Yeah, they didn't even get the thing they wanted, the license update, no. right? And th- their reputation was already poor. So, it like this is like the one thing they had going for them all these years is that D&D was so 
you know, open to the community. And so it's such a positive shared experience for everybody. And they tried to take that away from people. <laughs> Pretty tough. Yeah, deaf. I mean, I think they see things like Critical Role. The Critical Role wouldn't have been affected. Right. But they see things like our friend Peter, for example, making uh, homebrew campaigns and big PDFs and stuff and releasing it. Uh, that They don't see that in the same way that we do. Where we see that it's like, wow, that's great that the community is doing that. That's great that there's so many resources out there for me. If I were to want to jump into this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead, they see it as lost dollars and they're wondering where their where theirs is. Where's their vig? Right. When the entire franchise go to heck. and the entire the entire thing is is predicated on like that initial concept of just playing a game with friends and sharing it and coming up with ideas and you know sharing those ideas with like it's just it's so much the basis of the property it's ridiculous right uh but that's it for D D oopsies for now but hey <laughs> i got a feeling we'll be talking about wizards again soon don't doubt it <coughs> i think also in the middle of all that they like said they were canceling all their video games so uh <laughs> yeah. Baldur's gate Baldur's Gate is unaffected, but it's like, It'll where else are you making? That canceled Baldur's Gate. Yeah, we're gonna shut well, it down. It's like, where else are they making money at? Like, I figured, like, I mean, there's not too many D and D video games, so they're probably one of the more profitable arms of the IP. They also have that movie coming out soon. I think that's still happening. Yeah. Which I have mixed thoughts about actually. The I I was poo poo on it, but some people. Told me things that made it seem not as bad. It so, could be all right. Yeah, could be all right. We'll they nailed the tone. More restricted military intel has ended up on the War Thunder forums. Mm, delicious. Time number thirty-four. Th I don't even know. Around how there, yeah. Makes. Those are we've at least reported on this three times. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know. Um, not actually classified information, but what they would call in the biz controlled unclassified information, in this case ITAR information, was released onto a forum. Uh, what amounts to like technical specs, technical manuals, that kind of thing. Um, man, gamers are so damn motivated to not lose an argument online. <laughs> and I think it's our duty uh, to bring this up every time we see it happening because it's hilarious. I love it. I love it. I love it. Pretty crazy. It's only a matter of time before nuclear codes get, get leaked. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's the ultimate. That's, that's the end game. 4A Games has released the Metro Exodus SDK, opening up their engine development tools for use by modders. Okay, okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, just kind of... Op opening up their games after release. Yeah, I always love stuff like yeah. this where developers clearly <laughs> have some level of care about the people who play their games and the communities to conform around them Pathetic, and recognize really. the <laughs> and recognize that like being more open about everything is is a good thing. So now people can Is this uh, a signal that uh mod and make new stuff? Done? Yeah, is this a signal they're done? I only ask cuz like I was thinking 
this is three years, almost four years after the release of Metro Exodus. Um, I don't know what kind of community that game might even still have. I'm sure there will be people who come back to mod and whatnot, but if you're going to do this, it seems a couple years late, which makes me wonder if it's like, all right, we're not making any more Metro games, so let's just give give all the tools we got to the players. Now I'm I th- assume... I th- uh, I think there's a dedicated Metro community for the franchise. Uh, and it just, they're releasing this engine because it's the latest game. So it's the most recent, possibly most I robust. I think there is a dedicated niche fan base for the Metro series who love that setting and that, like, all the stuff that goes with that um, and the gameplay and everything. So I think this is like uh, a gesture blog po- to, to that community. No. I think you're right. And reading the this blog post, they do directly say um, that they're working on another Metro game. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, they're talking about how their experience um, living and working in uh, Kiev. A Kiev? Um, oh, Kiev. Yeah, as in, you know, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine, yeah. Uh, over the last year is making the next Metro game changing for the better. Huh. Changing for the better. Okay. That's good to hear. I like them games. Yeah, those are fun. There's an Xbox Direct that nobody talked about before or after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm hearing about you highlighted a couple quick things here, it looks like. Yeah. One is uh, Hi-Fi Rush, which you already mentioned. I did. Was uh, shown and dropped um, the same day uh, as the announced trailer. Excellent choice. And it's currently... Not that this is kind of a kind of a uh, like one of those things that people point out, but it's kind of mean. It is currently outselling Forspoken, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, no. Forspoken is not doing as well as Hi-Fi Rush, which literally had no marketing at all. It released on uh, the day it was yeah. announced. Have you looked into Forspoken at all, Flask? I mean, like significantly. Not looked into. I've seen everything about it, like pre-release and then the response to it, but I haven't like gone I, out of my way. During my recent COVID sickness, um, I played a hour-long video of uh, somebody playing the whole game, but obviously editing it down. The game is only an hour long. Okay. Um, it. I think you should check out something like that because the game looks like a really bad game like it, it would probably it would not be a fun game to play but it's interesting how much potential it had um i think that uh the game looks really cool the magic and stuff look really cool um and the story had some promising starts uh, it could have been a cool game well it's interesting isn't it like it's using the same engine as final fantasy 15 right or 16 i didn't know that that's cool I, I thought so. I mean, it's Square Enix, of course, but like I, th- I thought it was the same engine, and possibly was it like the same team or like an adjacent team or something like that. It has some connection to Final Fantasy fifteen or maybe the upcoming sixteen, whatever. But like, if that's true, then I could see it being that it's it's like disappointing that it isn't that it doesn't realize that potential because you would think that them having like learned the lessons that they might have learned from 15 Mm -hmm. they would then make a cooler game because of that in the same engine with the same sort of systems yeah for sure 
Also shown was Redfall. We saw a little bit more of that with a release date, May 2nd. That's Arcane's... I don't know if it's... Is it a horde shooter, Left 4 Dead style? But it kind of gives us that vibe. Sort of. It's they. I think they specifically said, don't expect it to be like Left 4 Dead. Um, but you are in a town fighting vampires as like a, a, a particular set of characters. A squad. Yeah, and it is a co-op. I don't know. You're showing off this game, and I just keep not giving a shit. <laughs> well, I'll give you a reason to give a shit. Right. It'll have a persistent online connection and require a Bethesda.net account, and it'll also have to do a vote. Wow. Maybe it's probably a good thing I wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah, this may be the first RPG game I give a straight up one day one like not play pass. So if I it's on Game Pass day one, if I boot it up, I'm gonna have to make a Bethesda account. Apparently so. All right. And I you'll have to like be online. But have to be. decent. Why? Bethesda is so fucking I will not. stupid, though. Wait, they Bethesda... only play single player, but be connected to online. Why? Dude, yep. Bethesda had their own launcher, which they used for stupid ass Fallout 76. And then it, I think, I don't even think they have that anymore. I think they got rid of it. Even if the game's like really good, you guys still like, need, will not play it. Account. Even though you're sense. online anyway. All the time, I'll probably still play it. To be honest, it, I mean, but it's like, going to be on the Game Pass. If it's, it's free. It's on the Game Pass. It's free. It's free ninety nine. You know, it's going to have to be pretty fucking good. You know what I'm saying, if it's yeah. if it's good, I think all that shit's bullshit. But if it's good, I'll make a fucking account. Are you kidding me? Half the shit that you guys make me do, I have to make a fucking account. <laughs> I, was like, I think we, we've, I'm sure we already good. all have an account. I'm sure. Yeah. For the right. record, You're I right. don't think that Back for Blood was pretty good. All right, so if that's the bar, it's got to be much higher than that. The Back for Blood was not amazing. And we've all played that, though. I liked it, though. But there's really no connection. Like if I had to like count, I wouldn't have done it for Back for Blood. Like specifically time. compared to Back I for Blood. I didn't care for it. I, I didn't think this game looked that great, though, from what we've seen. But anyway, well, I'll pay attention to it. We'll see what, see what happens. May, uh, Those seem to be the only things that uh, you highlighted, Flask, in the yeah. direct. Was so what they did was... Sorry, I, I don't I don't know if there was other stuff that other people want to mention, but oh, okay. the reason there were so few was because they showed off so few games because they were doing lengthier, like, uh, what do you call them? Showcases. Demo reveals. Yeah. They were doing lengthier, like, interviews showcasing the game um, for, for a, a smaller number of games in this one. By the way, speaking of always online, did you guys? This isn't on the news docket, but you guys saw that's uh, what Netflix is doing now, right? Where like they the, uh, they're cracking down a password, fa- password thirty-one sharing. days, like you need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah Every thirty-one that. days, your Netflix account has to phone home to the home Wi-Fi. Jesus. <laughs> I don't really get that because, like, what if you're like I saw like a bunch of people saying like, oh, what if you like travel all the time? Yep. Like, yeah, like, what if that? What if you like? You share like something with like your significant other, or whatever. What's the point? Like, you're not you're yeah. not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to share with your significant other. You have to have. Separate- and don't they also have it on Netflix? I haven't had Netflix in a while. Don't they have it where you can make multiple accounts? Yeah. So like. Yeah, but it's the- more so so your selections don't like mess with each other. Mm-hmm. Profiles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just. It a does mean I will be canceling Netflix? Oh, okay. Uh, I use somebody else's, and when it runs out, it'll run out. Yeah, same here. 
So I mean, there's nothing. Uh, I, I actually some... really don't watch anything on Netflix. Really, very very rarely. Because you have some like breaking news. Oh, uh, that it uh, seems to have occurred around eight o'clock today, aka while we were recording. What? Um, I, knocked out of Knockout City. Knockout City has announced that it will be shutting down on June sixth. What? Really? It happened a few days ago. I thought. Yeah, no, that about? was that was Rumbleverse. Oh, it was Rumbleverse. No, it was Rumbleverse. Which is similar. That was, that's that's also, game, like, that game. Dumb, I thought that game was dodgeball played. game, right? It's not dodgeball. That's a superhero battle royale on Epic Game Store, and not. It's also. It's also an epic game, just like Knockout City. And they all kind of look No, that's the same. what I'm talking about. Knockout City is the dodgeball one. Yes, yes. Knockout City is the dodgeball game. But Rumbleverse got uh, the announced. It, yeah, they announced that they're shutting that down, too. I was surprised at both of those. Is not it, like I thought Rumbleverse was still getting played. Is Knockout City not doing well? I am surprised we playing at it, I guess, Rumbleverse but... because it's so new. Yeah. Um, it's only like a year old. And my only experience with Rumbleverse is that I watch Kurt play it a lot. And it seemed like a really solid, innovative game. I guess it just didn't do well. It's just surprising that, that they would take it down that soon. Mm-hmm. I feel like even... I feel like in historically games that don't do that well, like they still keep the servers up for a couple of years just because you have to service the fans that bought the game. I mean, what? Yeah. they only bought it a year ago. There's a certain expectation um, that it'll have that some sort of I mean, Maybe that's a free-to-play game. I'm not sure. I think it is, actually. Rumbleverse? Is it free-to-play? In any case, Knockout City, though. Um, That's a shame because I thought that game was fucking sick, but we really did stop playing it. But not for any reason, though. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't down. expect us yeah, to did. be representative of it anyway, like of of the player base. Yeah, I did not stop playing it for any other reason than like it's hard for me and us specifically to keep up with like competitive games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're just not those people. You fucked them. So we played for a bit. We had a run at that game, and it was awesome. I loved that game. That game was very unique. I thought. Um, Agreed. The dodgeball gameplay, that is, that is cool. The teams of three. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm a, I feel bad that it's getting shut down, but truly we weren't playing it, I guess. I guess nobody was playing. <laughs> we led the exodus. I mean, they must, they must have had some meeting internally, like, well, we have these two games that are not bringing in enough money. Like, we got to shut the servers down. Yeah. Anything not doing Fortnite numbers must yeah. die. Just like That's Netflix's crazy because they really, it, it really, it is a shame because both those games are innovative. Like they're innovative multiplayer titles and they're, they're more than competent, you know? Mm-hmm. They're not I, just I, I brawlers or just shooters or, you know, they have something going for them. Yeah. Rumbleverse is like a fighting, as like a fighting game BR, which is new. Um, and this game is like, you know, I think of like um, like Rocket League, where this is like a like a competitive like game based around like a sport. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's not like a not you know it, it's very fantastical though. But I I thought this game was sick. That's a shame. That is a shame. Just because I want things like that to be rewarded, you know? Yeah. But I, I was we weren't playing it though, so I guess it's our fucking fault. It, you heard it here first. Broken Campfire killed Knockout City. Well, that's a shame. But I'll tell you what's not a shame is that James Gunn is coming to save the DC Cinematic Universe. 
Flask, why don't you take it from here and tell us some oh, of the sure. delights that we might expect over the next five to ten to twenty years coming out, <laughs> out of DC. So, um, yeah, at, a, at a, some press event, James Gunn and Peter Safran, who is a producer on the DC films, uh, announced their plans going forward for the DCU. There's going to be a reboot. Um, the current slate of films will be ending with these last four that are coming out. Uh, and then they'll kind of start anew from there. I, I will uh, be live reacting to this. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so something they looked at was um, that the history of the DC like film and television, it's pretty messy. So they got like a bunch of different universes, like the Arrowverse, the DCEU, uh, which, which split apart, uh, became the Snyderverse. Um there's Fuck like yes. the, the TV Superman universe. There's the whatever. Um, so basically what they wanted to do was consolidate things and um, make it more defined. Like here is the mainstream film continuity that'll include TV as well. And here is the other stuff taking place in alternate universes other than the mainstream, which is going to fall under uh, the Elseworlds label, which is a label. Such that was cool used label. in the comics for years that hasn't been used recently uh, by, by DC, but it defined all of the stuff that was like, what if? Like DC's version of what if was Elseworlds. Um, so, yeah, that's how they're going to define it going forward. And um, they announced the upcoming slate. Specifically, they said we're going into they're doing like phases similar to the mcu calling them chapters so it's going to be chapter one they only announced apparently i this was what i heard the first half of the content that's going to be part of chapter one so they're really fuck yes they're really spreading stuff out because this even this stuff that they've mentioned here uh is going to take a while to come out over the course of the next however many years uh this will include Let's see. This will include, the, as far as the movies, uh, for chapter one, which is going to be called Gods and Monsters. It's going to include Fuck Superman yes. Legacy, Supergirl, oh, Woman of Tomorrow, damn. The Brave and the oh, Bold, man. Swamp Thing, Whoa. and The don't Authority. Care. Oh, sick. <laughs> Did you say don't care about Swamp Thing? <laughs> um, I'm just joking. I think, I think what the deal is like... Um, Superman legacy is going to be like a younger Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage. Um, yeah, so it's a younger Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage, but specifically not an origin story, they said. Yeah, which this I can appreciate. Take. I can appreciate that it's not actually an origin story again. Um, because is he, it going to be like uh, he's Tom Holland Spider-Man, but if we, if we start in like Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Isn't that just that fucking TV show? Yeah, which was fucking amazing. Are we talking about the same? The don't Superman you talk? Show? Don't you talk I, shit about Smallville? I'm not talking shit. <laughs> I was just, I was just saying, isn't that that? I never seen it. I'm just saying that's, isn't that what that show was about? Isn't that exactly what that was? Like teenage yeah, Superman. At, well, yeah. You really thought that was amazing, Andy? I'm not knocking you. I'm g genuinely asking. I, I don't know anything about the show. <laughs> Is that a good it was track? a cheesy CW like show in the 2000s. I think like okay. you might have nostalgia for it and it, the parts of it might be good, but I think generally 
it's considered like of its time of its era you know i haven't seen all of okay. it okay Oh, sorry. Andy wasn't talking because he was spending his time looking <laughs> up a fucking stupid fucking gif that I don't understand. <laughs> Out of context. Um, <laughs> you only a little more bizarre. Yeah, I won't be going it's through all of these, but uh, so Superman will be that. Raven the Bold will be Batman and Robin. Robin will specifically be Damian Wayne, his son, which is a divisive decision, I, I would say. Um, Swamp Thing might have uh, James Mangold attached to it. He's in talks right now. He did uh, uh, the Wolverine and Logan for Marvel or for uh, <laughs> for Fox. So uh, he has some some chops, superhero stuff. And the Authority is the craziest one in the movie slate so far. I don't know if any of you guys have know what that is at all, but it's basically no. a team of um, like super powered um, totalitarians from the early 2000s traveling around in a, a ginormous living ship outside of space and time solving problems with people they consider bad by just like killing them <laughs> so it's just like the edgy early 2000s comic about this team of like justice league but what if they killed and they're making hmm. they, this team was incorporated into dc uh comics in like the early 2010s um but it's it's pretty so Nutty it'd be like a sort a of like uh same vibes as like the boys invincible yeah kind of i could see that yeah okay um and we, if you ever out there seen or heard of uh superman versus the elite aka the the movie adapted from one of the best superman comics of all time uh what's so funny about truth justice in the american way uh the elite is based off of the authority so it's it's kind of funny. Anywho, those are the movies for the first half of chapter one. And then for TV, they're going to do Creature Commandos, which will be an animated series, kind of a pulpy thing. That's that team of uh, World War II soldiers who were all horror movie monsters. So I imagine this one being kind of like a, yeah, as pulpy, campy, like throwback uh, animated series. Waller, which will be uh, about Amanda Waller, I guess, set between um, the two peacemaker seasons apparently there's going to be a second season or second season is going to be put on hold apparently gun says um booster gold is getting a series which is pretty fun um finally getting his time to shine booster gold being the man from the future who steals technology and travels back in time so that he can be a superhero and get glory uh and then along the way he kind of finds his heart you know, he initially does it for the the fame and the celebrity, but he in, in, deep inside, he's got a heart of, well, gold. Uh, <laughs> Paradise Lost, which is easily oh, the that. most boring one to me, honestly. Uh, supposedly, it's going to be a Game of Thrones style okay. story taking place on Themyscira, uh, Wonder Woman's Amazon's home island before Wonder Woman like in the past uh so i don't i don't know what that's gonna be really but maybe like a more mythological bent to the tone i don't know uh and then lanterns which will be hal jordan and john stewart the you know green lanterns uh it's gonna be a mystery series apparently and i assume it'll take place in space that's the movies and tv for the new dcu slate Headed by James Thanks, Gunn. Flask. 
I don't know why I went into so much detail, as much detail as I did about all those. But uh, right. that's what's I coming. I didn't know about any of those. So that's cool. And, and thanks, Andy, for your uh, authentic uh, live reaction. Which he gave up on because he started just relentlessly posting, just posting small small GIFs. Small GIFs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing, last news story on the official docket. The delayed game the day before has finally released the much-anticipated gameplay, 10-minute gameplay video that features two survivors in a deadly zombie apocalypse doing absolutely nothing. Walking. It shows them walking and walking. And it's then so nothing. embarrassing. Like, they're not even showing off systems or anything. Like, they show a little bit of gun customization. A little bit of looting, but like it's literally just walking for so much. It showed a lot of gun customization, like for like the ratio of gun customization to like anything else was like really high. And I don't understand why customize your gun if you're only gonna run into a zombie every fucking five minutes and they die really quickly. This this was really embarrassing. I I'm thinking along with a lot of other people that this is some sort of scam, like. This looks like something somebody cooked up overnight. Well, I didn't know about the like the history of this game, but it's it, apparently it's like it was it's like the most wishlisted game on Steam, possibly due to bots, but it is. Oh yeah. And uh people have there's at least been some community around being anticipated and hyped for it because it looks like, you know, a, a yeah, modern yeah, like zombie Maybe it's world possible that thing. some of the hype is uh artificially inflated, but I know like you know, we we saw this. We we saw the trailer for this shit, or or the announcement for this shit, at some game show or whatever. True. Or maybe it was just released, and we thought it was gonna be cool. But they, I remember that announcement didn't show any gameplay. It was just the idea of it. We're like, oh, a cool zombie game. Uh, I know, you know, me and Greg thought it would look cool. Um, so some of that is organic, but um, I wasn't really following it at all until I started hearing people saying that. They didn't think the game was actually real. Right. Which is like a crazy, well, crazy claim. Well, it's just been kind of shady. Like, uh, so a couple years ago, they announced the game and they've been do doing the Peter Molyneux uh, style of press where they promise everything and anything in this game. Um, and while at the same time they're doing that, they're doing other stuff like giving the community a chance to volunteer for exposure and experience to help make the game. It's like, what? You're making, like, the best game of all time and you need the community to work for free to help yeah, you make the you game? Volunteers. Um, And I think all those, like, maybe it was just a joke that it was a scam game before this month where, I don't know if it was literally the day before LOL or if it was just shortly before a Steam page was anticipated to come up uh, and show this gameplay video, which we just talked about. Uh, they claimed that they could no longer release it on its release date in March, and instead had to release it on a specific release date in November, I think November 10th, due to a trademark dispute over their name, hmm. which uh, I spent a stupid amount of time looking into. Um, but I don't think anybody really cares about my notes, so we won't go over it on the pod. But uh, needless to say... Even if you take all of their statements as 100% factual, they really need to tighten up how they're running their business. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, the 10-minute the gameplay kind of cemented to me that there's something, something doesn't smell right with this. This, done, this, is not a, this is not a game. There's not really a game here. Well, um, this is why... It's like a Go tech ahead, demo. Flash. It's like a, a bad, like a, a very low tech demo. Well, you saying like, wasn't the, isn't the, um, what'd you call it? Like the sort of, uh, refrain that we're hearing from the, uh, <laughs> the detractors that like maybe any of the gameplay we've seen to date might be like scripted or not real even. So I, I saw comments well, about the 10 minute gameplay that that people were saying that it there were certain cues that looked like it wasn't somebody playing with a controller or a keyboard and mouse like certain things like um just the movement path mm -hmm. of uh that third person model that it looked more like a like a scripted i don't know like a computer playing like a it, demo or like playing a, or back. like a video yeah. or something like that you know like a rendered i don't know like a demo um, running in engine of like prearranged gameplay. Right. Uh, and just the actual tangible gameplay was so sparse in this, like comedically sparse, um, that I don't get how this could be a game that's, that's going to be released this year. Nor do I give a fuck. Just, I'm just <laughs> commenting on the story because it's just funny. Yeah. It's just really funny. It and is weird. funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, is this yep, one of the, this, this story is wild at heart and weird on top. I'll say that. I mean, the best outcome would be if this game actually it. does come out, and it, I mean, because the concept is not bad. It's just like I mean, the concept is cool, but like, um, what is the concept? It's just as, like a zombie game in the city. Yeah, like like a Daisy, but like for now, you know, yeah, like, or May, like uh, what's another what's another zombie game? Microsoft zombie game. Uh. You know what I'm State talking about. State of Decay? State of Decay. State of, State of Decay is cool, Decay. yeah. Well, friends, at three plus hours... Nope, not quite. Not quite there. I'll get us there. At almost three hours, we hope that we've delivered a, an enjoyable content package to uh, usher in the new era of the Broken Campfire. That's to say, the 2023s. Listeners, if you're still out there, thank you for joining us as always. Always appreciate your time, your energy. Hope you're having a good day at work. All the money we home, siphon from your bank playing account. Playing a game. That too. That I don't see. Uh, and I, I, <laughs> I really like this. Yeah, we won't get into it, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and at this point, I'm going to end the podcast while... Uh, I monotonously recap the dark and darker Q and A uh, from yesterday on the Steam Next Fest demo coming out next week. That's coming up. They said that they wanted to test more cosmetics. The current implementation of the shop is mostly a placeholder. They said the wizard is way too strong. Uh, for now, <laughs> for the now, the original wizard is to be a multi-purpose magic user. They want to touch the balance scales and change the starting stats. Uh, what else did they say? As a, they as a wizard, I assume you agree with that. By the way, <laughs> no, nah, wizard's underpowered. Um, uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. Wizard is very much more powerful. 
Um, they said that they liked the high roller dungeons. That was always the point of being in the game. Um, but the difficulties over tune. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to change that though. They released an ARG. Well, they've been kind of teasing an ARG uh, that eventually showed a cave troll boss. Um, I've got a cave troll. And they said that the cave that we saw is not a basement one. Instead, it's their very experimental idea of a solo experience, which they say they don't believe in solo queue, but five to ten years down the line, they envision a world experience, and this is a teaser to try to show that. Um, the summary being that a entire solo dungeon is coming. Huh. I think that will be in this playtest. Huh. Now, the skill tree has not been touched. Um, is that what you were? Oh, uh, the big change is uh, that there's going to be VoIP this uh, playtest. Oh, right. <laughs> fuck you, you come out. No, fuck you, you come out. <laughs> fuck you, come out. There will be a party finder. Um, if you don't have friends to play with, if you kill your teammates, your name will turn red and you'll be able to inspect other players before going into a dungeon quote. So good luck. We believe team killing is part of the game and you should have the freedom to do so, but with very fair consequences of having a bad or good reputation. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. They said that bulk buying and selling is harder to fix than they realized. But they've taken uh, steps to make it less of a problem. That's nice. And finally, the ratio f uh, adjusted for ruby items for mining, uh, they said that they cut it completely in half, which is a great change. I don't even know if that's enough, because I remember mining just a little bit, and with how long it took for you to get anything, it was like, why the fuck would I ever do this? Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever successfully brought home like i always ran into a problem because it took so fucking long i don't think i ever successfully brought home a haul of minerals or materials i feel you that's it that's all i got that's the podcast thank you everybody and good night